Okay, so... Uh, I need some room noise. need some room noise, okay. Yeah. That's not helping. There's like a fan. Oh, that's not going to help at all. And then you go... It's not going to help at all. It's a sprinkler. That's a fly. Sounds a bit like a fan. There you go. That's it. That's your room noise. That's not helping. What do you mean? You mix that into a track, you go... You'll drop it a bit. Then you go, what? I thought you were going into house music. Start with a joke. Kill it straight away. <laughs> That's the kind of joke that Vic Reeves and Bob Moyer would make. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they'd be really proud of that. They'd... They probably would. 60-year-old men. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, welcome to Critical Apocalypse episode 107. If you if you couldn't get over that, that sudden brilliance of comedy you just experienced, well, I'm sorry. We may have killed you, but uh, here we are. Here we are, as always. Anne, how are you doing? All right. Yeah. Yeah, you okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Cool. What have you been up to? Anything interesting? Well, that's the point of the podcast, isn't it? Uh, not entirely. Like, what, what am I supposed to do other stuff? Well, yeah, how are your thoughts, your feelings, you as a human being? You what? exist beyond the stuff you do? No. Well, I guess being kidnapped doesn't make you sort of... It's really reduced down what you can do with life, doesn't it? By the way, I'm looking at that copy of X-Men Legends for all the audience that are listening to the podcast as a copy yeah. of X-Men Legends. Um, and does that have net play? Does that say it has net play? Is that X-Men Log- Legends 2 has net play? Or is... Wait, how many copies of X-Men Legends do you have? Three. Why? Because one didn't work, so I ordered another one off Amazon. And while that was coming, I saw one in CEX, so I brought the one in CEX, so I had another chance to get one that works. You know what? The budget for this podcast has gone fucking insane, hasn't it? Mm. We're out the window straight away. I've All got right. as many copies of X-Men Legends 2 as I have of um, Noel's Telly Addicts. That's how many times I own copies of... Ooh. So three times I own the original Resident Evil three times. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Darkest Dungeon, but I actually own that five times. Oh, dear. Because I am a fan. Mm-hmm. So, man, let's uh, let's 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 get straight into this, shall we? Let's uh, let's talk about the topics of the week. We got some interesting news this week. Do you want to hear it? No. Okay, cool. I'm going to go ahead. Sorry is introducing dogging safe areas. So what the board game? Sorry. No, dogging safe areas. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, not sorry. 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 Okay, so. Sorry, has introduced some dogging safe... Sorry. Sorry? <laughs> so, sorry, does that make you feel better? Yeah. Has introduced some dogging safe areas in and about so people can have sex in public and not fear repercussion. Oh, that one yeah, makes, what's his name, McFadden happy. Brian? Ian, the one from EastEnders. Brian? Phil Mitchell. Steve McFadden. Oh, uh, yeah. does he dog? Yeah, he got caught doing it years ago, didn't he? Did he? he? And then a couple of days later, he was in Toys R Us when I was working there with his um, girlfriend, who was like also on EastEnders. Yeah. And she looked really annoyed, like, the whole time. Oh, I can assume like, she so. she didn't want to be around him. Because she's in there with Phil Mitchell trying to buy copies of Telly Addicts, and he's mm. like, I just need to get this game. He's <laughs> just kicking off, going, I don't want to be in fucking Toys R Us in fucking Woking. Mm. I want to go to Burger King in Woking. It's just over there. You tricked me, you son of a bitch. He was a bunch of miserable twats. Yeah. She wasn't miserable. Yvette Fielding. She was quite nice. Who, who the fuck is Yvette Fielding? Yvette Fielding, fucking from Ghostwatch. What? 
the the lady with the ginger hair. She's a ghost. What she used to present like children's television years ago. Oh, okay. But she, she was very nice, lovely lady. I wish this was a YouTube channel, and we could just edit in below you, famed children's TV watcher, and <laughs> just she was like, famous what? when I was a kid. And then she had the ghost watch show with Derek Akora. I watch. I know who Derek Akora is. Yeah, she's the woman who presents it with the ginger hair. No idea. Fucking hell, man. I know that. I can I do my impression of Derek Akora? No. Oh, okay. I feel something in the room, and he goes, and he goes, he does this, he goes, ah, this never goes, ah. and then people, people went, that's real, yeah. in the UK, mm. and then we voted Brexit, yeah, because people were fucking idiots. <laughs> I like that one when they had Big Nasty on there, and there's <laughs> yeah. also Ghost Saints, it's dirty, was it Big Nasty, or, was, or no, it was, um, probably Goldie, no, not him, it was the American guy, Post he- Malone. It had Post Malone on yeah, it. Yeah, they had Post Malone on one of those shows. On a Derek Akora ghost show. It was on one of those ghost shows. Fucking, it's all the same. <laughs> Getting high with ghosts. Fucking with Post show. Malone. Fucking, who's that American one? I have no idea, Ed. The one with the black, the one he's got, he's got black hair and he made that movie. That was the shit movie that was like supposed to be, oh no, this time we we're definitely in a real haunted house. Oh. <laughs> Can't remember his name. Yo, the um, paranormal. Yeah, they spoke yeah, about him on regular media. Encounter or fucking something. Yeah, who gives a shit? Fucking terrible American shit. Not Robert Zadar. No, else. not Robert Zadar. Robert the Chin Zadar. Um, okay, well, um, other than the dogging safe areas, there's not much going on, is there? Vegan Burger and Burger King in some places in America. That's happening. It's yeah. happening. The Impossible Burger. We still got vegan sausage rolls over here. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, what yeah. else? What else? We're a vegan happening? podcast now. No, but I'm a vegan, so fuck you. Uh, what else? What else is happening? Oh, you know, you're eating cheese sometimes. What else is happening? All right, I don't know. Uh, just get on with it. Uh, you I first. Mean, I mean, fucking I mean, fine. Six and, and a half minutes. Fine, fine. I'll do my first something? review, shall I, Mister Big Man, Mister Bossing People Around in the podcast now, Mister? I need this done now. Where now? All right, fine. I'll review my first thing. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry for my outburst there. I this this month I watched um watched many things. Did you? I watched life evaporate in front of me. I watched the passage of time. I watched a bird fly through the air, and then I sat in my room for several hours in a row, and I watched all of Santa Clarita Diet Season 3. Huh. Yeah, which is on Netflix right now. It's available on Netflix. It's, uh, you know, Netflix is a streaming service. You pay monthly, and you can watch as many people, of their programs. People know what Netflix is. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, So you pay a certain amount, you can watch as many programs as you like. Uh, some people were apparently familiar with the service. And how many people do you say are on Netflix? At least four. At least four people know about it. So if you don't yet, you're out the fucking loop. Um, mm. It's about zombies. I've reviewed season one and two on this podcast, so why not do season three, eh? Yeah, hey? sure. Get on. Fucking <clears throat> Jesus. I'm talking about it now. Talk about it now, right? You you keep keep trying to intimidate me. I'm not leaving. <laughs> <coughs> Oh, I've got a weird cough now. That's how upset you made me. Um, so season three of Santa Clarita Dad, Drew Barrymore, still not sure if she's attractive, but that's besides the point. Um, she doesn't, she's sure she's attractive. I'm sure she thinks she's attractive. I'm just unsure whether or not I find her attractive. Um, it's a question I've been asking for a few years since I started watching Santa Clarita Dad. Why are you asked what? Sorry, so about it's a show about zombies. So her and Timothy Oliphant are a loving couple, uh, a couple of real estate agents who essentially are going for a bit of a crisis um, involving their daughter and the young neighbourly lad. 
um, in which they're all trying to deal with the wife, played by Drew Barrymore's recent zombification. Um, but she's not a traditional zombie. No, 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 no. She does not degrade anymore because they, they in the second series, they found a serum, spoilers, that prevented that prevented that aspect of zombarism, but they do still crave flesh. Okay? You with me? You with me? Mm-hmm. You with me? One of the key points of the first series was there was a real estate agent played by Nathan Fillion who was quite smarmy and he came on to Drew Barrymore and she swiftly ate him. Nice. Leaving enough behind that he was reanimated as a head and part of his neck and was quite a highlight in season two. I think I spoke about him at end. Now for this series, poor Nathan Fillion, he's busy doing The Rookie. A fantastic new show about a rookie cop. The age of 40 he joins the police force because he finds himself abnormally brave in a quite, quite a tense situation. Um, he's a bit old, but he's still trying his best. Made it through police academy. And now he's, he's out on the streets doing the beats, you know, going around arresting crims. Okay. Um, so they replaced him, replaced him in the series of Santa Clarita Dirt with Alan Tudyk, his known, well, one of his, one of his best friends. I'm pretty sure they're, they, they're in everything together, aren't they? Yeah, probably. Except this, because they play the same character. But that's besides the point now. Don't contradict yourself like that. So here we are, Santa Clarita Dirt. He's in the basement. He's quite a successful real estate mogul in the basement because they just give him a headset and a laptop. Turns out that's all you need nowadays for business. (laughs) Commentary on life. Anyway, so um, new things arise. So they find out there are a group of knights that are trying to hunt down the undead. Um, They, you know, that's a challenge. There are some white supremacists who are aware that they killed some Nazis in the last season because who doesn't love a good Nazi slang? I guess Nazis, but they're assholes and cunts, so fuck those guys. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and, and will they, won't they stay together? It, one of the key, key questions in this series is that she would like to turn Joel, her husband, because she's going to live forever. That's mm. the problem. So if she lives forever, she will have to see very handsome man Timothy Oliphant, who I, straight away said yes I would unlike Drew Barrymore where I'm like nah, I don't know I don't know is she attractive Tim Fiolifon I'm like bangable you know how do you feel about Tim Fiolifon bangable what would you rate him like 1 to 10 just some guy just some guy yeah. just some amorphous blob hmm. you sexist pig he's hmm. clearly defined by his sexuality and how sexual I find him very definitely yeah, yeah. anyway Drew Barrymore still not sure you can flip a coin Daughter's all right, though. Um, in the program, not in real life. I don't know what a daughter looks like in real life. I don't really want to commit What's to that. Daughter in the program, like six. I don't want to commit. To- no, she's at least. <laughs> she's at least. She's at least of of legal age in China. Anyway, so that's besides the point. So let's get back to the plot. Zombies trying to. It's it's fine. It's great. I liked it. I had a lot of fun. It's shorter than the last few seasons. It's only ten mm. episodes. Um, it's nice and fun. Everybody keeps it snippy, snappy. It's good. Moves at a good pace. There's some real, real snippy. There's some real revelations in this one. There's some real, real you know plot developments and and you know there's some some great cameos, some great new characters. All in all, really happy, really happy. It's it's still a very um, <coughs> in terms of set, in terms of like of expanse, space that they have to play around with. It's still quite a, a small, small like small group of environments they use but they use them to great effect the cast are all great there's a lot of charisma there's a lot of there's a lot of camaraderie there's a lot of chemistry lots of c words cunts whatever um and it's just it's a really enjoyable show and uh and, you know i'm gonna give it i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna give it to violophon because i find it very sexy i just want to talk about him a little bit more have you seen the girl next door no 
he says, come on, let's make some fucky fucky. And I was like, I was taking my top off as he said, and I was like, I'm watching a DVD again. And I said, why am I watching a DVD? I've got I've the only seen right. him in Hitman. You haven't seen Deadwood? The first two episodes of Justified. You haven't seen Deadwood? You've only watched the first two episodes of Justified? Yeah, I couldn't be asked to watch anymore. What are you, what are you? What are you doing right now? Let's go back to work. Let's cancel this podcast right now and watch all of Justified, then come back. No. Okay, your review it. And I also watched... He was the villain in um, Die Hard 4, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that film. It was terrible. What? Die Hard 4 is awful. What? Hmm. What? That's a controversial statement, is it? It is. Is that the hill you're going to... Die Hard form. Die Hard form. Die Hard 4.0. It's pretty great. Live free or die hard. Die Hard 4.0 is pretty great. No. It is. It's awful. No, it's genuinely pretty... Yeah, it's it's pretty great. It's not. No, it is. It's not. It's a solid, like, 7 out of 10. If I was to... Yeah. 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 Is it, though? Yeah. 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 If, wait, what would you rate Die Hard 2? How would you order them? So, five to one. Like, one, three, two for special occasions, if you feel like it, and then nothing else. They haven't made another <laughs> Die Hard film. <laughs> the, ne- the next best Die Hard film is 12 Rounds, starring John Cena. That's not true. It is. The next best Die Hard film is Lockout, Space Prison. <laughs> that's not, lo- that's the sequel to Fortress. <laughs> oh my god, you're fucking right, aren't you? Hmm. So, have you seen Fortress recently? Well, the original one. Yeah. It's a classic. I've not watched it for years. Oh, but... right. Do you remember how that ends? Um, They go and then they drive off somewhere. Yeah, but no, but do you remember? That they get out of the prison. It's mm. the wife and, and Christopher Lambert. Yeah. And they get out of the prison, right? And they just... What happens after that? Do you remember? No, no. Randomly, a truck comes to life and tries to kill them both, which they then defeat and then drive off. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most random and brilliant ending. It's anyway, part of the security system. What's justified? What the fuck is wrong with you? Can't be arse, isn't what's Deadwood? I've got to watch good TV shows. Deadwood and Justified. You know, who's, you know, his wood's not dead. What? Who? Who? No, don't worry about it now. Don't want that attitude from hey, you. You got that your joke. fucking attitude. You got jokes. <laughs> I was going to say mine, but it's not really a joke. It's just more like a, a factual statement. Um, anyway, your turn now. Um, I've I've been playing. Have you now? Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. Yeah. Um, it's a beat beats them up, beat things. Um, it's, you know... Beat Rangers. It's basically, it's a 3v3 fighter game, right? And it's only about 15, 16 quid or whatever to download. Mm-hmm. And it's very sparse. It's It seems <laughs> to want you to play, like, ranked games and stuff. And if you look at the achievements, it like the achievements on it are ridiculous. There's, like, win 500 ranked games. I'm like, no one's going to play 500 ranked games of this. Yeah. Um, let alone win them. But um, it's a free, free, free beat em up, and there's been a lot of issues around it where people have complained that there's not anywhere near enough content in it because there's only like nine characters in the game, right? Right now, and there's just, all there is in the game is that ranked online mode and an unranked mode, and like an arcade mode. Yeah. But because there's only nine characters and it's a free v free beat em up, you'll just see the same characters over and over again when you go through. Like they might have a different leader in front of them each time, but um. But then, no, we'll repeat them as well, because there's like seven, there's eight stages to the arcade mode. Yeah. And if you've got three of the characters, that means there's only a possible six other people who could be <laughs> the leaders of the other teams. But, um, yeah, so there's a distinct lack of characters. You're just going to see the same ones over and over again. Um, fighting-wise, their gameplay is actually really good. Like, the combat's, like, really just solid. It's all Killer Instinct-style combo-based, and, like, you have special moves are dead easy. It's just a direction and X when you've 
got you know to do a special move or whatever. Yeah. And when you've got like a power meter that builds up pretty quickly in three segments, and it like takes two segments to do a super move and one segment to do a, it's not really like a parry attack. It's like a combo breaking counter attack. Oh yeah, thing. yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It's like every character has it, and they've all got the same control, same move sets. Like they just do different things. So they've got ranged attacks and they've got close up attacks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's all about just being quicker and getting the you know landing the blows and all that sort of stuff. And tagging in and out your teammates, and you know when your teammates out of action, their health bar gradually regenerates to a certain point, and so you got to use that to your advantage and whatnot. And you can call them in Marvel versus Capcom style to deliver a beat down. When one of your teammates is beaten, you activate a Megazord, and you can call in the Megazord to just smack the shit out of the opponents. That's awesome. So like you'll have a tail from the Dragon Zord coming down, smashing them in. It's practically impossible to dodge. Like it's really difficult to dodge it. But the whole idea is, it's like. You've been beaten. One of your guys has been beaten, so you get something to come back with. So it's all built around that, just back and forth. But it's just lack of content that kind of messes it up. They had they because when they first showed it, they said there was going to be a story mode, and there's been like no mention. There's no story mode in the game. And if they meant the arcade mode, the story mode results in about five lines of dialogue mm. when you get to the final bosses, like which is just Lord Draken. Um, there's not like I said nine characters in the game. Twenty two percent of the roster is Tommy, so. <laughs> Which isn't isn't a great start. Um because he's the only one who turned up to the casting. He's not his voice isn't in the game. Like they somehow made a Power Ranger thing with Tommy in it and Tommy didn't show up for it. Like <laughs> Um It's just it's just the lack of stuff. It's obviously made with a budget though. It's obviously like not some big budget flashy fighting game or anything. It's clearly like a low budget thing. There's only like five stages to fight on. Um but it does feel like there's stuff pulled out of it and they have like already within a week of release they've announced that three more characters are being added in a DLC update that's coming. Is it a free DLC update? Yeah, yeah. Like, because when they first showed it off, there was fifteen characters on. They showed fifteen spaces on the character select screen. That's a bit fucked up. So it sounds like they're gonna three of them are gonna be dropped out soon. Yeah, and then the other three coming later. Yeah, because people found on the website a couple of other rangers listed hidden away in the website data. Yeah, um, they found a Donna from Mystic Force, and they found the Gold Zero Rangers, which is Jason. So that means there'll be two Jasons on the roster. Um, but yeah, they've they've announced like. Uh, Trini wearing the dragon battle arm, which appeared in like one issue of the comic. There's a lot of comic book tie-in stuff in this. Um, and they've also going to have uh, the Blue Ranger from the movie, which they're calling a Cenozoic Ranger. Which one's that? The Oh, the new movie? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yes, yeah, so it's got a new movie-style costume. He was kind of the standout of that film. Yeah. But yeah, they're calling him Cenozoic Ranger, Cenozoic Ranger, I guess, to make him stand out from the Mighty Morphin ones. Yeah. It is very Mighty Morphin focused, like I said, because it's like... Because ba- a lot of it's pull- pulling from the comic... Because they just did this Shattered Grid storyline finished last year where evil Tommy from another dimension called Lord Draken took over and wiped out all sorts of stuff. It's nonsense. Um, and he had a ranger slayer. Kimberly was his ranger slayer. She was going around hunting power rangers in different dimensions. Yeah. And taking them out and then she turns good eventually. So she's in the game as the ranger slayer. And cool. He had guards who were the Mastodon guards. So they all had the black, black body suits like SWAT team, black armor power rangers. Yeah. And that's a character in there you can play as. But... um. Yeah, it's just it's just lacking stuff, and it's got a massive focus on Mighty Morphin. Um, there's alternate costumes for a couple of the characters, but they're all DLC ones. So you, there's one you get for buying the game in the first week, and the others are from the like. There's some costumes are from the season pass, which is only three extra characters and costs almost as much as the game does. Jesus, um, and they haven't said who those three characters are yet. They just told you what the skins are you get. Do you buy on Switch? No, I got it on PS4, but I didn't buy the okay. DLC or anything. And there's also like a collector's edition, which costs more than buying the season pass and the game separately, and you get another two skins from that. But I didn't buy that, I just can't be bothered. Um, 
because the other skins are just like there's a ranger's layer where it's just a regular pink Kimberly. But that then means that you've now got like three Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in the team, plus uh, you know, two fake comic book ones, and plus they're adding another one in the first first set of updates. Yeah. It's a bit weird. But it's just a shame it's like so lacking because it is like it's genuinely a good beat em up. Like it's really snappy and fast moving, it's got like counter systems and stuff, it's all built around the power kicking back and forth. Like, if you get knocked back in some way, like, you get, you go, if you're pressed up against the wall, you've got a way of countering out of it. Um, like, when you lose one of your teammates, you've got a way of getting some strong blows on the opponent beforehand. But obviously, when you eliminate one of theirs, they've got a way of getting some strong blows against you. So it's all back and forth combat. And like, the rounds last quite a while. The final battle is like, just takes ages. Fucking fighting Lord Draco, and he's got like three health bars, and he's got four guards that help him out, and it's like, just, massively long fight mm. um, but I beat it first time and there's no music over the end credits which is another thing that makes it there's seem there's no like go-go Power Rangers music no, no they haven't got the Power Rangers theme tune that's what fuck's you can't pay time doing that they didn't have the Power Rangers theme tune license when they were doing the Disney era of Power Rangers did they not? no they um, there's a episode of Dino Thunder where they they're basically going through the history of the Power Rangers it's the 500th episode of Power Rangers and it was like a way of you know, paying tribute to going, oh, here's all the previous Power Rangers. We're looking over files of them. And they all played the theme tunes, but when it got to Power Rangers, there was no theme tune. It was just like some other music, some generic music being played. But, um, yeah, there's, there's, it's just, it's weird. It's a bit weird. It's missing some stuff. Like, I reckon, I reckon they'll probably, what they're going to do is the second update will have another set of three characters bringing them up to 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that'll just be the DLC and that'll be it. But um, it's made by the same people who made that Shattered Grid uh, mobile game. Oh, okay. You know, the beat-em-up one, the which has, like, one. hundreds of characters in it, you know. Yeah. Once the one-on-one beat-em-up. Oh, thing. okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah not, the, not the RPG one. I was going to say, the RPG one's the last time I played, but I remember the beat-em-up one because that was fairly generous for characters and stuff. There's yeah, a shit ton of characters in that. It's weird that that's yeah. the same company, considering that they're holding back six of the characters. Yeah, but the thing is, it's like... Cause it's a bit more involved as a fighting game, isn't it? The character models aren't the same exact models. Yeah. Like, they are redone character models and everything. Um, some nice stuff in there, like a lot of stuff for the fans. Like the bonus costume you get for buying in the first week is that um, the really flashy looking version of the Green Ranger. That was like, there was a short film ages ago where Tommy teamed up and fought Ryu, I think it was. Oh yeah, I remember that. And he had that really cool Green Ranger yeah. costume that had the gold bits on it and it was more like some sort of sports track, like an Americanized version of it mm-hmm. without it being just a rubber costume like in the film. But um, like an easy alternative skin for him would have been to just do the White Ranger from season two. Like, yeah. You know, except I suppose when he calls in the dragons or you look a bit weird if he started blowing Saba <laughs> seeing as his, his sentient <laughs> see, his sentient sword, isn't it? That talks to him. <laughs> Just like, hold on Saba, I've got to blow you. Um, <laughs> Let me just get my lips around you. <laughs> but yeah, it's just funny. It's just funny to consider there's nine characters and 22% of the roster is Tommy. <laughs> I've seen, this is the thing, I've only heard great things about this series. I haven't heard anything bad yet. This is the first time I've had anyone say anything bad about it. The game, the game is fine. It's just the core game's fine. It's just the lack of content. Like, I don't know if there's going to be a story mode added. I could imagine that if the other characters weren't ready for when the game came out, they had to rip the story mode out because the characters wouldn't function in the story mode or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I can imagine if there's 15 characters in the roster by the end of it, that's that's a decent amount for a budget-y beat-em-up. Nine probably would have been fine if it was a one-on-one beat-em-up. But because it's three on three, you're constantly seeing the same characters over and over again. It's a good mix of characters, though. There's like there's Jason, Tommy, two Tommies, that Black Ranger, the 
masses on Ranger, but then it's got um, Gia from Megaforce, like the yellow pirate one. Yeah. So I'm going to pretend that she's um, fucking Luca Milfi from Gokaija instead. That suits me better. Um, and there's also Goldar. Not movie Goldar, proper Goldar. Yeah. Um, and there's someone else. Cat from fucking Power Rangers SPD. She turns into a ranger in one episode. She has a morpher that works just once and she uses it and it's like random. It makes sense to use the like the side characters and you know. Yeah. Rather than because if you just get the regular rangers, it's kind of a bit like what really differentiates one ranger from another. You want to have some special one. Oh, there's also Magna Defender from Lost Galaxy. Trying with the guy with the bull horns, he turns into a giant bull robot. Um but yeah, it's just it's just decent set of cat. It's just it's decent. It's just no content. <laughs> but hey, if they're going to add stuff for free, that's cool. And maybe they'll do some DLC that's fun. And I quite look forward to playing as Trini wearing the dragon armor because that's like a that's not like some little armor. That's a robot. That's a mech, and that'll be quite different. She's going to be like a tank of some kind. So like that'll be something entertaining. Meh. Yeah. I want I want to see the Magna Defender in there. Apparently, one of the other characters people found on the website was the Gold Ranger from Zio. So. Guess he'll be in there, but I want Magna Defender and I want the Titanium Ranger. Actually, more women. There's only two women in the game. Three women. Seven of one. Four with the DLC. No, okay, it's fine. But um, no Beast Morphers. You'd think with Beast Morphers being the new series, they would have had one of them. Well, maybe they're waiting until one of the new extra Rangers appears in the show so they can unveil the Stag one. I know we all know the Arcus Busters have been around for like seven years. Um, there's two beetle rangers join the teams. One of them's a robot and the other one's a human. Oh, okay. But I think they're both humans in the American show now. I don't know, whatever. Just fuck it. Like, it's fifteen ninety nine. it's not bad. It's better than that Power Rangers scrolling beat-em-up that came out a few years ago. And Last year? Was it, it's just last, It's not even on the store anymore. It's been no, removed. It's yeah. been removed completely. Yeah, it came out, the, it disappeared from the store the day before the new one came out. You know why, don't you? I don't know, licenses probably. It's boring reasons. Yeah. 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 Boring reason. Anyway, um, you review your penis. No, something. Just anything but that. Okay, uh, my dick. Let's talk about that then, shall we? No. Uh, it's like any other dick. Probably of average size as well. I have spectacularly spikes large balls, it. though. What do you mean spikes on it? Do normal people have spikes on it? <laughs> you got the spines. Yeah, of course. The twisty. Um, out of interest, because I've got a friend who I know who doesn't have spines and spikes. Where would they be located on a penis? <laughs> like, where would they normally be put? Just out of... Because I know where mine are. Like, like on your dog. I know where mine are, but yeah. where would you say a normal person... Like, like on the dogs. Like on the dogs. Or cats. Cats, that's it. I just need to Google something. No. Wait, no. Echidna um, penises. Nine like ticks. an echidna. Okay. Okay, well, uh, I'll tell my friend. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Harry Weird Dick about this, and uh, we'll get him, get him sorted, because he's been worried. All right, cool. Well, that helps. Yeah. That helps. That's fine. Um, all right, well, I guess review's over. Yeah. <laughs> um, this this month uh, it's been a big month for a lot of releases and stuff there's been some interesting shit that's come out um, no there's been nothing interesting at all I mean I saw <laughs> saw a certain superhero movie mm-hmm. don't want to I don't I don't want to spoil it for anyone because we're not that kind of podcast but this particular superhero you spoil every film this particular superhero has the power of invulnerability what are you talking about what are you doing now it is a film it's right in the cinema not long ago, a couple mm-hmm. of days ago. That's right, it's Pet Cemetery. No. Oh. The origins of Dead Man. Mm. Yeah. 
Get yeah. on with it. Oh, okay. So Pet Cemetery 2019, as it's affectionately called, because it was released, oddly enough, in 2019, and oh. there's a remake of a film from 1989. Now, the original remake, uh, it's held with a The certain, original remake? The original film, sorry, which is based on a book by Stephen King. The original film is held with some some regard. I think there was one of those films that people had, their parents had a videotape of, and, like, people watched it. It wasn't, it, it wasn't really scary. I think there's one, for me, there's one very creepy part towards the end, but that's it, really. Um, other than that, the only real lasting impact to it was that it was it was a great idea, but it felt like they could do more with it. What's well, so that? Undercooked Stephen King horror idea? Yeah. Weird that. Oddly enough, uh, uh, although a lot of people hate it, I feel the second Pet Cemetery at least had like characters with a point. It's not as good as Maximum Overdrive. No, it's not. Nothing's as good as Maximum Overdrive. Hmm. But anyway, so Pet Cemetery 2019. Um, if you haven't seen a trailer and you are interested in seeing this, don't watch any of the trailers. Because they ruined the one fucking change that's happened in the whole film. Um, so I'm going to go into spoilers very quickly. If you haven't seen a trailer, if you are interested in this and you somehow haven't checked any of the information about it, uh, you probably want to turn your ears off right about now. Okay, they're off. Cool. So, um, so the only change really between this and the 1989 version is which child dies. Now the family... Let's go through the story. Let's let's go through the story. So a family has moved to rural Maine. Spoil the film. A family has moved to rural Maine. They're trying to escape the city life. Is that a Stephen King story set in Maine? All right. Okay. They brought a large property in Maine, and uh, and it's 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 kind of a way of them slowing down. They specifically say that they want to spend more time with the kids. He's taken a job that doesn't have so much responsibility because he previously worked in a hospital where he was in ER, and there was a lot of chaos, and he was just away from his house all the time. So he's taking a job at a university hospital so he can slow things down. Um, there are a few conversations that happen early on about death because they have a cat named Church. There's a very dangerous road out the front. Sometimes dead is better. They have a very dangerous road outside the front of their house and they have a conversation about what would happen if Church was to get hit by a van or a lorry because they just steam past. And they have a conversation about death and you can tell that the two parents have different perspectives. The mother is very much in the mindset of there could be something after you don't know, blah, 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 blah. Whereas the husband being a doctor, he's very analytical. He's like, well, it's a perfectly natural thing to happen. People die. Mm. Which kind of goes against why, if you believe that people just die and it's perfectly natural and it's something that needs to happen, then why become a doctor? I don't know, because it's still just dealing with it. It's like, whatever. All right. Doctors aren't there to make sure. I know, people but go it's just—it's just in terms of in terms of you know, in terms of. Uh, He's not a nihilist. He might be. I mean, it's not you haven't seen the film. Um, so anyway, so Church does in fact get hit by a car. Gets hit, gets hit by a car, and so his neighbour, a friendly old man named Judge, Judd, Judd, or Judge—I can't remember. He uh, played by John Lithgow. He lives across the road. And he tells him. He tells him about a place beyond his beyond his house. Um, if you walk down a path quite a spooky little path you come to the pet cemetery now the pet cemetery has a massive deadfall in the back of it and there's a small area where people buried pets and left like little crosses and stuff um, and he tells he tells the main character he says look if we climb the deadfall and we go through the knickknack the knickknack in, um, Native American site mm-hmm. then we eventually get to a place where if you bury your cat you call it Native Americans knickknacks no that's what the native, that's what the tribes called in the book and also in the film they're called the knickknacks that sounds tribe. like a slur it does doesn't it but anyway so they bury mm. the cat next day lo and behold church is back that's the name of the cat he's adorable he's played by a great cat actor 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit like uh, an Iron Famous Legends. character, um, freaking Andy Circus. <laughs> it's a bit like, yeah, it might have been. Um, it's a bit like I Am Legend, where you've got great animal actors. The human actors aren't so great. There's no way to talk about Will Smith, you racist. I'm not saying that he wasn't great. I'm saying the dog was better. You're saying he was an animal. I'm saying the dog was better. When that dog died, I teared up. Spoilers for I Am Legend. So anyway, so um, so eventually, eventually, um, yeah, Church comes back and he's changed. He's not quite himself. So the dad drives off and leaves him somewhere. And he's like, fuck you, Church. Fuck you. Go live here in the woods. I'm done with you, you son of a bitch. Um, cut to Ellie's party, her birthday party. Church has been missing for a little while. Um, her parents have tried to cheer up by buying her a teddy cat, which seems a bit cruel in reality. But anyway, it's like a cat angel. It's got wings and stuff. I was like, that's a bit fucking dark, isn't it? Uh, but anyway, so they do that. Um, and Ellie sees Church coming down the road because obviously he's a zombie. He doesn't need to eat or drink. He hasn't gone to sleep anywhere. He's just walked on his way home. Um, and he and he's there waiting for her. And she goes and runs towards him. But, oh, no, she's in the road. Oh. Now, little Gage, who was the original child to die in the 1989 film, and was actually pretty pretty effective as a ghoul in that. Mm. Like the idea of this ghouls. tiny little this ghouls. I'm into I'm into ghouls. Mm. Yeah, um, he uh, he he was really creepy in the original because he was just a very young child with a scalpel going around stabbing people. Nice. And you remember? Did you ever watch the original Pet Cemetery? No, I couldn't bother. Oh, the King nonsense. There's an Achilles tendon scene. Where someone's going up some stairs and this little, like, tiny little kid goes and cuts this guy's Achilles tendon. And I was just like, oh, ah, ah, fuck. Um, but anyway, so in this, um, in this, Gage survives. But the truck that's traveling down the road, it swerves to avoid him and the trailer comes off and it knocks the, kills the girl. (laughs) But it's really fucking weird. This is where I. You get a nice shot where the truck slams into her and she goes flying. Well, that's the thing. You don't see her get hit by it, but then you just see her in the bushes completely in one piece. Oh. When it's this giant truck, like it's a tanker, that's sliding across the ground. I wanted a shot of her getting smacked and launched flying. Like, well, she wouldn't even like be launched flying, would she really? Because it's travelling at such a speed, she would just sort of be attached to it and dragged underneath. Nice. But she's just... And this is where I started to have problems with the film. Because but. the original film, I get it, is a very young kid. If you had a like a fucking grotesque zombie young kid, people would get really upset for the wrong reasons. Mm. And you could never really understand why the parent brought that child back if that was all they were going to be. At least if it's a child that still looks kind of alive, you can pretend to yourself there'll be a future for it. And why would they put do the thing... They've already experimented with the cat and went, yeah, this isn't good. Yeah, well, the idea is that Judd says that his dog, when he revived his dog this way, his dog came back meaner, but his dog was already mean when he buried him. Mm. And because Church was such a lovely cat... He thought that when Church was buried, Church would just come back as a, you know, maybe a little bit less lovely cat. But in reality, Judd admits that the Wendigo, because that's what haunts the area, that's what gives it its magic. Wendigo, Wendigo. smell. Yeah, there's a Wendigo in the woods that lives <sighs> around the pet cemetery. Um, the Wendigo that gives it its power, it also, it, it, it twists and breaks the people that... that Stephen King's yeah. a hack fraud. And it also makes people, it also makes people addicted to that place. They want to go back. There's mm. a feeling about it. There's like an energy. Yeah. Um, so, so, um, so obviously he's, he's very, he's, he's grieving. His wife can't bear to be at the house any longer after losing their daughter. So she takes Gage, the young boy, and they drive off and they go to her parents' house. And, um, and that's when our main character drugs the neighbor and then goes and exhumes the body of his daughter to bury her in the pet cemetery. Um, she returns and then more problems really arise with the script and the story. So in the original, the little boy was just possessed. Turn on everything that happens yeah. in the film. In the original, the little boy was just kind of possessed and mm. creepy. He was like very pale. You could see he was dead. 
but he didn't look like he had been smushed by a truck, mm. which was kind of where the original lost me. And in the sequel, they do the same thing. She just looks like a little girl with some grey makeup. Mm. Doesn't look like someone who's been smushed by a truck. So, I mean, that's that's first. That's the first issue. Yeah. Then the second issue is that. But you wouldn't hang. You wouldn't bring her back if she looked a mess. But would you, you not? Feel sick. That's kind of the point, though, isn't it? Like. You've gone so far that you're saying that someone's willing to bury their daughter, they're willing to exhume the corpse, bury it in the pet cemetery to have her come back. How far does that love go? Does that mean that if he was... That's de- gross. You don't want gross kids. Yeah, no, but if you open the coffin and she, she was completely smushed, would that mean his love was suddenly nullified or would he try anyway? Well, That's kind of the thing. I wouldn't want to look at it. Like, there are so many questions that can rise up from a story mm. like this and it'd be more interesting. But it says she just looks like a little girl, brings her back and... And then she has, like, these supernatural powers. Yeah. Like, in the beginning of the film, you see these kids wearing these papier-mâché animal masks going towards the pet cemetery. Mm. And the idea is that that they're going to bury a dog. You don't find out whose dog it is. You don't find out if these are revived kids that are monsters killing people or killing animals. You know, they kind of have no point other than to be a bit of imagery. And if the idea is that they're burying animals there to bring them back, then why aren't we hearing more about this in the town? Why aren't more people aware of this? Why is there not... Why is the little girl not, like, you know, being told to do this? Why are we not getting any hints that there's some overarching evil? Mm. There's just none of that. It's just it's just kind of like, she's back. She's evil. She kills the neighbour. She doesn't bury the neighbour in the pet cemetery. But then she, her mum comes back. She kills the mum. And then she goes to the pet cemetery to bury the mum. And then the dad finds... He, he gets knocked out and he wakes up and he locks Gage in the car and says, Gage, stay here. Don't open the door for anyone. And then he goes to go and save the wife. Turns out the wife is already dead and she's already been buried in the pet cemetery. So he fights his daughter. His daughter beats him up. In a kung fu fight. Yeah, kind of. He nice. beats her up. And then just as a, just as she's like... Just as she's like, no, daddy, no, please. And you get <coughs> your first hint that in some way the spirit can manipulate people... Mm. Other than a few scenes earlier, when she's fighting the neighbour, she suddenly becomes the the neighbour's wife. Oh. Like, she has, like, the wife's face. And I was like, why do you need to do this? It's Stephen King. I know, but it's not. It wasn't in the original film. The film wasn't the original. The book yeah, I know, was. but, like, the 1989 film. I bet it's in the book. Didn't have, probably. Yeah. Probably. You're probably right. I mean, The Shining ends with him fighting a boiler. That's true. In the book. You know? What a great film. And it, I mean, it's probably oh, best not it, to mention yeah. the stuff in it that's not in the films. I'm. Steve, I don't think Stephen King's a homophobe, but chapter seven of it. I think he's a hack. Yeah. He just, he, and he's off his tits. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's a hack. I think he has some good ideas, but I think that sometimes the execution. He just makes just five million up. books a year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Pet Cemetery, there's like a really good idea, and the ending is creepy again. The place that it succeeds the most is the end, but you should always have this sense of dread throughout films like this. Mm. You should have this fear, like this gnawing, like like something where if you were to scratch the surface, it wouldn't just collapse. It, like you, you'd find layers of something underneath. And it's not like that. It's like, oh, here's everything. Here's all the tricks, but here's none of the reasoning. And then at the end, like, okay, so you're never going to watch this because you don't give a shit. I don't think most of the audience that listen to this have probably haven't... Who, whoever's going to see this saw it in the opening weekend. That's the way with these horror films, isn't it? Like, fucking Boy. everyone goes to see them. Um, who, who wants to see them. Um, at the end, scary. the great, the, the greatest shot in the whole film, because it's a film of digital fox... So, uh, digital fox. Digital smoke and digital fog and uh, just digital blood and all this other shit. Just... Uh, uh, Modern crap and cheap tricks. The end shot is real smoke. 
Like, actual, like, it has weight and depth and reacts. And there's a little boy sitting in a car who's been scared and alone for what we assume is hours because it's started to come daylight outside. Mm. And then through the smoke are three people. The husband, the daughter, and the mother walking towards the car. And the last shot is the dad with a hand that's torn and bloody knocking on the window for the little boy to open the car. It fades to black and you just hear the car door open. You hear that noise, that little electronic... And that's a fucking great scene. That's great, isn't it? How shocking. It's not shocking. What a twist. That's great. They're insinuating a little boy is going to be murdered. <laughs> but not just that. They're doing it in a way that is completely... Show it like they're doing it. Rip his arm off. <laughs> it's it's just... It's that... That's what I mean about that little, like... If I think about what's happening there, it's not just it's not just scary to see that. It's the fact that when you start itching away, you're like, oh, that little boy's not going to make it. Like, their end game is that they want to bury everyone there and, and have these broken figures. I mean, I don't know what the long-term game plan is, but they've got a family of these figures. Are they going to go around murdering and burying people? What are they going to do? But right now, the immediate danger is that that sweet little boy who throughout the film is nothing but a little boy. He's just that. You know, he's a sign of innocence. He's 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 doomed. Oh, no. And that's great. That's that's fucking phenomenal but that's the kind of writing and and the kind of stuff that you should have going on throughout you should have Judd have like it should be that you've got these little threads Judd should still have his wife chained up in the fucking basement he should have done everything he could to keep that woman around because he didn't know how to kill her because she is still his wife but she is so tainted by that area and like have it so it's really fucking horrifying have it so he's had to remove her tongue because she was screaming all the time or have it so he's sealed her mouth because she just wouldn't stop making noise she kept noise. biting his dick and have him have, have her like properly chained up and every so often that sweetness comes through and he says I know you're trying to toy with me I know you're trying to fuck me over but I treasure those moments mm. and I know that in the end I'm manipulating you to get that that'd be fucking beautiful and that like Judd, he, he's always like this, like, oh, he's a sweet old man, but there's a sinister background to it. Show us. Do something with that. Develop these characters, because it's just, it feels like you're watching an hour and a half of nothing. And then that final scene, you're like, oh, God, where the fuck was that director for the rest of the film? Where were these people for the rest of the film? Like, there's so many scenes that are just shot flat. Like that little girl hit by, getting hit by a truck. You know what you see? You see a fucking, a digital... CGI fucking truck bed slide across the ground with some shitty spark effects and you've got like barely a if that was to happen the ground would be torn apart and it's just leaving these two tracks it's fucking atrocious and then it hits her and the woman's just like "Ah!" she's got like a little bit of blood here and you're like how did she get blood in her because the girl's been thrown into the bushes over there what did she do just grab the girl go because there's no blood around her when he picks her up yeah because it's just a body like like well, it's like it's not even a lot of blood. It's just a little bit of blood here. It's only a little child. They don't have much blood. It's just it's. I don't think they were. I think that they wanted to make a good film, and not a lot of thought and not a lot of time went into this, or not as much as they needed to be. And a lot of it was, we'll do it in post. Like it was a lot of like, we'll add it. We'll do this. It wasn't like a. It wasn't like a. You know, like with it, you had like, you had scenes where there was blood caked all over walls, and you had people like. Yeah, no, there's a lot of blood in there, and it's real. You know how you can tell it's real? Because it's just, it is dripping, and it is everywhere, and it looks realistic. Whereas in this, it's like, oh, they got a little bit of blood in clothes. Cool. One of the most, one of the most visceral scenes from Pet Cemetery, the book, is they explain that he, he was so desperately anguished by the time he was burying his wife to bring her back in the very end when Gay just killed her, that he starts digging with his hands. No. And the ground is rock and dirt, and his fingers are split, 
and there is blood everywhere and he has broken his hands to dig this hole to bury his wife. And then when she comes back, he's over the kitchen sink washing his hands. Mm. And there's just blood and mud caked and dripping and dropping. Blood, mud and cake. And she walks over to him. She embraces him. He doesn't see her reach for a knife and then it ends. That's a great fucking ending. Just do that if you can't come up with a better ending. But they came up with a great ending and a shit execution for the rest of it. Uh, but anyway, that's it. It's not really worth watching. It's like a David. Why did you go see it then? I went to see it because I was excited. I, I heard really good things. It was like an eight out of ten everywhere. Like IGN were fucking glowing reviewing this. This IGN. Yeah, no, but it was the same sort of same sort of sense I got from other films I've seen, and I kind of agree with their opinions, sort of. Uh, but anyway, so and your review. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a David Spade. It's not really like. If you catch Joe Dirt on TV... So you're surprised that Stephen King film sucked. Yeah, because I saw It last year. That was pretty good. Or two years ago now. How many other Stephen King films are good? Dark Half. Christine. Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> the Shining. Yeah, what about Dark Tower? Or, Dark uh, Tower was alright. I stand by that being a schlocky piece of shit. The Mist was fantastic. The Green Mile. Shawshank Redemption. Oscar winners. Fuck you. Tommy Knockers. Tommy Knockers Langoliers. is great. Great. Langoliers as uh, Balco yeah. from uh, Two's Company or Perfect Strangers. John, Jimmy Smits. Jimmy Smits, yeah. Jimmy Smits is in Tommy Knockers. He is, yeah. The Stand. The Stand's all right. It wasn't. It's terrible, but it's all right. It's, it's okay, terrible. Any sort of virus fiction I like. So Cujo. Cujo's good. The film's good. Mm. Have you seen it? Oh, okay. I just watched a bit with the dog's attacking people it's in the bad car. dog effects but it's a good film a puppet dog <laughs> I like the one with the baboon I like the puppet puppet bat the film with the baboon what's the one with the baboon monkey shines no oh um sha-ba-da-ba-ba-ba yeah the one with the monkey that was yeah. funny <laughs> the horny monkey uh, right, what am I going to review now I don't know what you haven't decided fucking hell right uh, Black Lightning season 2 oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's finished Yay! Um, it's a really fun series. This, I like this. I like Black Lightning. Was that good. good? It's really good. Yeah, they um they split the series up into like little mini story arcs, and they all feed into a bigger one. But it's like every story, rather than being one episode with this bad guy this week, it was like three or four episodes built around an arc, and it all kept pointing back to Tobias Whale and stuff like that. And it also focuses a lot on Jen learning how to use her. Was it Jen or Nissa? Is Jen the older one or the Nissa? I can't remember. Fucking hell. The younger one. The one who didn't get to use her powers in the last series. She just started to show him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's like building up to getting her powers and she wants to get revenge on Tobias Whale because partway through the series she runs off with um, the boyfriend guy, the one who gave Tobias Whale gave the like metal spine thing to him and painkiller he turned him into. Is that what his darts name is? And shit. Yeah. But um, he kills him partway through the series. Rips, oh. rips his metal spine out and just throws him out on the street. Fuck yeah. Yeah, and just leaves him lying there with a massive hole in his back. Um, but yeah, he, he dies and then Nissa wants to get revenge and all this sort of stuff. And they also bring back the um, that guy who keeps dying. I can't remember his name now. Who, like, every time he dies, he gets a tattoo of the person he's killed like, on him. After he's killed someone, they get a tattoo of them. And oh. the ghost haunts him all the time. Yeah, the guy who yeah. was driving around in the car at the uh, midway for the last series when he killed the crime boss. Yeah, some like of that. But um, yeah, it's been a really, really f- good series overall. Like, nice and plot twisty. They introduced a lot of different things. There's freaking Bill Dukes in it. This series, really? He, yeah, yeah. You know, from Predator, classic. Yeah. Um, he looks like he needs a walking stick all the time. He always looks a bit uneasy when he's still on his own. I feel like he needs a walking stick to get around with. But um, 
Because he's like, I think he's, I'm sure he's got like some disease or something, that guy. He looks very skinny compared to what he used to. But um, yeah, they got the whole thing with like, there's the, still they've got the pod kids kept in a basement thing that they're experimenting on and trying to figure out how they're going to revive them and stuff like that. But the government wants to turn them into an experiment. Those um, are the kids that uh, that they were taking the original their drugs. ones. The original ones from the eighties. Oh, yeah, the like, ones that would take the ones were in that. Um, what was the, it? The kept um, in suspended animation for years. They're in the vaccination program. The same yeah. one that gave black lightning. The original Tobias. test, yeah, because the yeah. green light was based on the vaccinations. Well, green light was drugs. based on the vaccinations and blood, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a drug that people made to based on the vaccination. It was another way of them government running a test. And it's black lightning's daddy o that was part of it. And his dad found it, uncovered it. Yeah. I think it's killed a yeah. whale. But, um, yeah. Bass. They introduced another cat. I can't remember the name because it was like six months ago because they split the series in half. Yeah. But um, there was a woman who like had this silver stuff that came out of her eyes and fingers and went into other people and then she could like control them hmm. and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, she was a bit weird. They, they stabbed her through the gut and left her stuck to a wall and then she ends up in a hospital somewhere. You sort of see her again a bit later. But um, yeah, like Tobias gets a bunch of the, some of the pod kids and he like wakens them up and makes them be his own personal little army and sends them out to cause all sorts of havoc. They all have powers. Yeah, they've all got different powers. One of them can like control things with vibrations. Another one's a pyrotechmaniac. So they've got Quake and they've got, they've got um, Scorch. I don't know, some guys. And one of them can freeze things and Ooh. stuff. One can control water. Got, they've got the elemental beasts or whatever, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, you know what? You know what's funny about water? No. Conducts lightning. Oh, really? Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. It would be. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you kill anyone? What? Black lightning. No, he doesn't kill people. He's a good guy. He gets headaches from his, vibra- mm. from his vibrating, floaty hands, though. Well, no, because they fixed that. You also haven't been paying attention to the show, have you? I only watched the first series, and then I got they bored. They fixed that in the first series? Yeah, I Jesus. got bored after the series. <sighs> no, the yeah. show's really good. Like, the fact, because it keeps going off to different directions all the time, every few episodes, you get nice little miniature arcs. And they keep, as the show went on, they kept, like, chucking little um, hints about Markovia. It kept coming up, the name of the Markovia, the country. Oh, yeah. And all that, like, oh, says the king of Markovia has died recently. Someone gets a call, and it's like, oh, the people back in Markovia want this done. Um, there's a teleporting guy that turns up and he's like at the end of one episode and don't see him again till the end of the series. Um, but there's all these like plots going on and they eventually get to the point in the end where they have like captured Tobias, spoilers for the end of the series, whatever. Beat the shit out of him. It's taken too serious to get him. It's fine, whatever. Um, and there's like a little thing left off at the end to say, hey, okay, cool. Uh, so Markovia is going to come and attack us soon because they've got an army of metas and now Freeland's got a whole bunch of metas out there. Because um, all the pod kids get released oh. and let out into the public. Well, that's good. And even Bill Duke, even though he's like, you know, government G-man, like he's all... I'm going to use him for weapons and stuff. He just lets them go and vanishes. Can't, I think his whole plan was to basically let them go so they'd go out into the public and cause havoc and stuff like that. He's probably got some, some hidden agenda. But um, yeah, I like it. They gave, um, they gave what's-the-face, Nissa, the older one, Whichever one's the older one. They gave her a quad bike, so she's got a vehicle to ride around on. Good nice. for her. That's fun. She's been going around as like a um, vigilante hero, beating up people in like stealing money and giving it to churches and stuff like that. Oh, cool. Uh, she's got to learn the responsibility. She's being naughty. It's nice to walk, though. Hmm. But um, yeah. And James Lamar, he's always fun. Everyone loves him. He's still in it. Yeah. They've like, like the police officer guy's buddy knows he's Black Lightning now and there's like, 
whole thing going on there where they're secretly working to help the police capture the bad metas that are out there. Um, still no ties going into like Flash and Arrow and everything, but it's nothing yeah. that directly contradicts them this series. Like they, but it still seems to exist in a universe where they know Supergirl exists. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's weird. Because like she should be in another dimension. But then again, the last series they had one of the characters reading comic books and stuff, and it was like DC comics, you know, featuring characters that are in the real world. Yeah, I mean, I suppose they could make comics based on the real world, but who knows? But there's like a lot of plot threads that have been left over for the next series. Like um, one of the girls' girlfriend runs off and goes missing, and she doesn't manage to find her in the end. She like just forgets see- about her. No, she went to find her, and she ended up fighting this old man and finding like a half-eaten horse in this in a room. And Jesus. like, turns out, well, she figures that this old man was actually her girlfriend shapeshifting. She might be a meta. Because you see her a couple of times freaking out and her skin starts getting like a cheetah pattern on it. Like a leopard spots <gasps> pattern. She's Chitara. And she's like, oh no, I can't be around you. And then she runs off. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's still got it's still a really cool soundtrack. It's still sitting right in that middle ground of being somewhere between like the Luke Cage series and Arrow. Like it's darker and stuff, but yeah. it's not as... It's not as serious as um, Luke Cage can be. It's not as like slow moving. It like keeps the pace up a lot quicker and has more action because Luke Cage can like sometimes be like twenty odd minutes of him walking around the street and people going, "Hey, there goes Luke Cage." <laughs> yeah, Luke Cage also suffered from that problem that they didn't really have a villain completely villainous. Not in the first series or the second. The second series they did. Second well, series Bushmaster. Was great. Bushmaster was great. Yeah, but he went from being a good guy to a bad guy. No, he was bad the whole way through. He just ends up helping Luke Cage out of um, just pure necessity by the end of it because there's always a bad, a badass. That's true. And now we're not getting a third series, even though they left it with a brilliant setup. Yeah, Luke Cage becoming the villain. Well, not really a villain, but he's just in this position where if he's not careful, he'll become the villain. Because the whole series he goes on about how, like you know, getting all that power corrupts you and makes you. Makes you the bad guy, yeah, and then he's yeah. got all the power, but he's like, "No, nah, I'll be different this time because it's me." Yeah, and everyone's like, "Nah, nah, dog." You would die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just like that. Which guy is what he said, said. Yeah, in that film, which what he said, but with less words. Yeah, anyway, motherfucker. Yeah, but um, surprise, motherfucker. But yeah, I'm, I'm liking Black Lightning. I like, yeah, uh, it's it's good fun. I remember it being good fun. Mm. I haven't gone back to it. Racist? Why do you hate all the black people? I don't hate black people. I love black people. Some of your best friends are black. No, they're my second favorite kind of people. Mm. But no, it, it, it's a solid series. I'm lucky that they branched out this series and had a few more different villain characters in there. Because the last series was just Tobias, and he was gradually turning that kid into painkiller. Yeah, and that was about it. There wasn't really any like his metaphor. Tobias was like blurry as to what he wanted to do anyway. Oh, he just wants chaos. He yeah. just wants to run everything. That guy's good. brilliant though. The guy plays. He's him. very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just so anyone's aware, I made a brief joke just then about ranking the races. I've never done that. Oh, you're not, now you're worried that people are going to be upset. No, no, no. Like I'm just glad that we don't have a video of this, this podcast because then they can't see me winking. Um, no, I'd never do that. That's fucking idiots. Um, okay, but yeah, Black Lightning sounds good. Sounds yeah, good. Would you say the Black Lightning is better or worse than Arrow or the Flash currently? Oh, it's it's a different sort or of thing. Supergirl. It's not as comic booky as them. No, it's not as like to its detriment. It's not as willing to be as tongue in cheek and silly. No, but it's um, it's definitely like it's very much his own thing. Does that guy have a neck yet? No, no, he still doesn't have a neck. It's so no. weird. It's weird. He's like he like hunches over, doesn't he? Yeah, it's, it's so weird. How does no one go black lining? You got scoliosis. Hey, you stand around like <laughs> that guy's the principal at the school. Yeah. Your spine's all twisted. Yeah. <laughs> I zapped you. 
<laughs> gonna zap the memory out of you. But Speaking yeah. of zapping stuff, my review. I don't know. You're not done yet. Is it? Yeah, sure. Whatever. Fine. Okay. Right. I don't know. Um, Black Knight. Black Knight is just more the first series. Yeah. It does feel a lot like it was filmed at the same time. It wasn't, but it does feel like it. It feels the first series ended on that way where it didn't realise it was the end of the series. Yeah. Because it ends with him opening the case and going, "Oh wow, what's this we got in here?" Oh. And then it just ends. It and sounds like series it's bigger. Like that. Yeah, but they go out into the country at one point and they come across this. Family of white people, like who have basically got the mutant powers with the weird silver the shit, white people are and a black live. family that they're hunting, and like they're both at war with each other. You know what we call white people that go and live out in the field, saying free range, mm. delicious. Mm. Anyway, and I'm going to review a very special thing. I think we're both going to review this. I think we've both been enjoying this. I think we've talked about it in depth outside of the podcast. That's right. I'm going to review The Division 2 on the Xbox One. Alright. So The Division 2 on has Xbox. been released. Yeah. Division 2 has been released. You got it on Xbox. Yeah. So Division 2 has been released. Um, not The Division 1. Division 2. By Division... Well, how much are you dividing it by? By 2. Yeah. So technically it is 1. But anyway, so The Division. Um, If you haven't played The Division, it is a uh, run-and-gun loot shooter. Looter shooter. Get some moolah, get some loot, make some guns, shoot some stuff. Looty-shooty. Looty-shooty. They're the latest thing that everyone's into. It is the thing everyone's into. This one... Borderlands is to blame. Yeah. This one is particularly of interest to me because, as I mentioned briefly, when we're talking about The Stand, I'm very much into virus fiction and this set in a post-apocalyptic virus... Virus... um, Is it political? Yeah. Virus... Viruses have wiped out everyone... Well, wiped out most of the population in the US. And there's a civil war going on and this other stuff. Uh, But yeah, it's... um, I really enjoy it. It's got strong shooting mechanics. The enemies are a bit smarter... The story, you don't need to pay attention to. I don't know what the fuck is happening. I'm shooting some people. Do you think Tom Clancy knows what's happening? Probably in his grave. He's probably got the liner notes in his grave because he's dead. There's a weird thing. I remember Ubisoft saying, uh, there's rumours going around that Ubisoft were trying to get Tom Clancy's name off of their games. Like they wanted to end the deal with him because a lot of the stuff was their own creation, not his. He just put his name, they just got a licence to use his name on it. Because apparently they wanted to take his name off the Splinter Cell games because it wasn't actually his creation, it was theirs. And then he died and he went, ha ha, motherfucker. Now he's, now he's dead. They're just like, yeah, Tom Clancy's on everything. Yeah, chuck it everywhere. We don't have to pay shit Division, for Division, Ghosty Recon, we got fucking... Ghosty Recon, I love a bit of Ghosty yeah. Recon. Rainbow Six. Ghosty Recon is uh, one of the Games with Gold games this month. What the shit? What, the new one? Wildlands? No. Oh, uh, Future Soldier. Yeah. Oh, the Xbox One. Yeah, really that, strong game. That original Xbox game, you play on an Xbox One S and it, like, the frame rate shoots up to 60 frames per second because they never put a cap on it. Really? Yeah. Oh, I look forward to playing that yeah. then. Um, but yeah, so, um, The Division 2, it's, it's a strong game. There's not really much I can say about it because so much of whether or not you enjoy this depends on whether or not you are a person who's entertained by this sort of thing. It is, it is the Diablo free it's it's what Diablo three is to RPGs. This is this is what shooters are to to something like Borderlands. This isn't this isn't like Destiny where you're paying to play the game sixty times before you actually get the end game content. This well, isn't DLC is free, isn't it? On this, I think like if you have yeah, the season pass, you just get it early, don't yeah, you? Yeah, DLC is free on this. This you isn't get some like extra item drops this isn't like Anthem where it's broken mechanics. Everything just works. I've had a couple of missions bug out, but. You know, that's I want to get expected. it, but I know that Ubisoft on PC, they really 
really love discounting their games on PC oh, yeah, like a like, few weeks after it'll release. It'll be like 20 quid in a couple I, of weeks on I PC. I bought Far Cry New Dawn when it was on discount with a 20% extra discount, and then a week later it was 50% off. Yeah. Like... <laughs> It's just like, I, um, yeah, it'll, be, I, it'll be discounted soon. I bought this full price only because um, my friend's playing it and I just wanted to jump in with those guys. Mm. And I liked Destiny 1 enough, uh, sorry, Division 1 enough that mm. I didn't need to worry about the story. I didn't need to worry. You know, I have friends that are obsessed with this sort of shit. So when you jump in, they're like, oh, what guns have you got? What loot kits have you got? What what fucking what armor have you bang, got? Bang, bang, and I really don't care. I One of the only things I'll say that is, that is remarkable with this game is they make guns... They make you've got the different types of guns, you've got the set types, and you really do try all of them. I don't usually use like LMGs. I don't use like I always had the assault rifle and a shotgun all the time when I was playing the first one. I didn't. I I used that used to be my default setting as well. Mm. I used, always had the double barrel because it was just kind of fun to have a double barrel shotgun as your backup, mm. and I had the assault rifle just thirty rounds in a in a clip. Uh, but I've used LMGs, I've used SMGs, I've used um, sniper rifles, I've been using mm. like shotguns like. I was maining a shotgun for a little while, and it's really fun. Jesus, sorry, excuse me. But I've thrown up. <laughs> I've got multiple weapons that I just sort of switch between, mm. and I don't. I don't think I've played a game in quite a while where I haven't had a pure favorite. I've still been like going in and out and like trying different guns, um, and yeah, just in general. Like the only thing I will say is that if you're used to looter shooters, crafting's a bit weird in this one. Is like, it? You have to unlock it, and it only really becomes integral in the end game. It doesn't really become yeah, integral. Yeah, something like there's some items for the craft for the crafting you find in the world. Some you only get from raids. Yeah. So if you want to get full armor sets, you have to do both. That's it. But yeah. then again, if you're playing that game in the end game part, you're going to be doing raids and stuff anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the nice I things, won't. one of the nice things are that you know the bullet spongy bosses you got in the first one. Yeah. And there wasn't really a reason for it. In this one, they're just like tanked up armor armor hogs. Yeah. So when you're shooting at them, you can remove bits of armor. As soon as you get rid of a bit of armor and you start focusing on that point of firing, their health just drops. Nice. And it's really nice to have that sort of impact effect. There's a lot of parts in the first one where it felt like they were just throwing waves of enemies yeah. at you. Like This, they act a little bit better as well. They act a little bit smart. Because you remember in the other one, they'd all come down like a choke point and just you'd be able to pick them off. In this, I've had people flank me. Yeah. I've had one person leave the room, go all the way round part of the level come out like a little room that you open up to make the uh, pathway easier and then come up behind me and go, ha, I got you, you son of a bitch, and just try and take me out. I was like, you smart little fuck. Clever um, girl. But yeah, no, it's really, really fun. Really fun. Um, I don't I don't think assigning it a score is the right way to go. I'd say it's generally like, this is a Matthew McConaughey, like in that sort of area where I can see myself playing this for a long period of time, maybe jumping in and out, but having it only, having only had it for a week and a half, two weeks that it's been out, I've somehow managed to play 18 hours and I don't get a lot of time to game in the evenings and really? stuff. Really? You do nothing but sit around playing games all That's evening? That's not true. It's I'm very hand true. raising a squirrel right now. Yeah, you fucking sit there playing games non-stop. That's all you do. But yeah, but in general, like, it's it's a really tight, really fun game and I think that, I think it could be could be probably the best, the best of the looter shooters I've played so far mm. after playing Anthem, after playing Destiny 2. I don't think there's anything else out that's really in that same ilk. Can you think of anything? No. But yeah. Avoid them. Yeah. Well, normally so do I. Like, I've only played Anthem because I said, like, yeah, access. I got a couple of passes on that. And it gave me, like, 20 hours in total playing that game. Mm. And it was fucking awful. Mm. Um, and then Destiny. I played Destiny. I bought Destiny full price on release. And, and I played after... Destiny 2. I didn't play the first Oh, one. yeah. Sorry. Destiny 2. I had played that full mm. price on release. And, uh, and yeah, I'm 
pretty sure I got about two months of play before stuff started being like, you need the new download and you need the new add-on to play this part. You need... If you want to play this raid on hard difficulty... No, sorry. If you want to play this mission on hard difficulty, you'll need to unlock the Tomb of the Cursed Skull. Do so by spending £10 on DLC. And I was like, oh, so it's just like Destiny 1. Fuck mm. you. Fuck mm. you in this shit. Stupid fucking twats. you got to buy all the stuff. I don't want to fucking buy a fucking season pass on season pass on season pass. I just want to play a fucking game. Buy everything. I don't want to buy everything. But yeah. Conform consumer, babe. Destiny 2. Matthew Mahoney. Mahoney. Oh, in, in Serenity, specifically. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah, say. I was going to say that. It's a fantastic movie. It's terrible. Like film of the year. Let's not talk about that ever again. Um, show you the new series of Walking Dead. Yeah, go for it. It happened. Yeah. Um, How's Rick? Uh, who knows? How? No one knows where Glenn? he is. Glenn died like four series ago. How's Herschel? He died ages ago as well. That's... How's Tyrese? He died ages ago. They're all dead. Oh, Everybody's how's dead. Sasha? Uh, which one was she? Oh, she's the one who's in Star Trek now. Yeah. Yeah, she's dead. Oh, um, how's Carol? This series, they they wrote Rick out four episodes in. Yep. And then, in like, the most convoluted way possible. They just did a whole thing. It's like, oh, things blown up. And then... He like, got stabbed in the gut. What's her face from the woman? Stole him and took him away he somewhere. He got stabbed in the gut. Yeah, yeah. He's in a bit of a state. He was, to be honest. Um, and then it like time jumps forwards. Like yes, five, like yes, five years-ish. And from that point onwards, it, that series frigging ramps up. And yeah. it, it's like probably the best series of Walking Dead yet. Um, like they jump forward a few years and they don't do that whole thing where everyone stayed static, like shit's happened between then. Mm-hmm. Like they, they were on the verge of bringing all the groups together and the bridge was going to be the thing that allowed them to transport between the locations. I remember because Rick got stabbed um, near the bridge. And they blew the bridge up and they never oh, repair yeah, 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 it. Yeah. Nothing ever happens. And you find out Michonne's not letting people come into Alexandria anymore. Um, <gasps> Judith finds a new group because little Judith she's walking around the place <gasps> she's like seven now and she's what? like shooting There's, zombies wait, 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 she's killing zombies with there's her been a time jump yeah Judith's killing zombies with a samurai sword she's finally pulling her own weight to be yeah. honest which is about time seven years old um, get working in the and mines. Negan's still in prison but he's like chilled out a bit but there's some really good character episodes. Like there's one episode where some stuff's gone down and Negan escapes. Yeah. Someone forgets to lock his cage and he wanders off. And he it's goes not called off a cage, he's called a prison. They're not animals. He's a cage. He goes yeah. off and he finds like um the sanctuary and stuff and finds his jacket and he's sitting down there and he's chilling out and he sees like people he used to know walking around zombified and stuff and he realises there's nothing really there for him. Yeah. So he willingly comes back and just goes back into his cell. Just goes and locks himself back in. Yeah. He's like, I've got nothing out there for me now. I think that happened in the comics. Yeah. They've tweaked a whole bunch of stuff, but a lot of this series deals with the Whisperers. Yeah. Um, One of my favourite villains. Yeah, they've gender swapped Alpha. Alpha's a woman. No, Alpha was a woman in the series. Yeah, she was. She was the mother of the daughter. The little girl. Sorry. I'm sure it's a woman. No, it's a woman. She says she's had, she has let them do awful things to her in the name of the people because she insinuates that she not only let the, let the male members of her group molest her, but also her daughter. So yeah. Yeah. they They capture her daughter and she's like, I don't want to be part of them anymore. After a bit of talking when she realizes that, Hey, maybe we shouldn't be living out in the woods. Yeah, well, that's smart. Um, and the whole thing starts building up where Alpha wants her daughter back and stuff. And they've yeah, got she's some not meant to show emotions in the things like that. And then they eventually Alpha lets go of her, but in the process, she like kidnaps a bunch of the group and like slices their heads off and leaves their heads stuck on sticks. Which is one of the turning points. In the tells comic. everyone that they, if they go past this line, I'm gonna fucking murder you. You're chop you your bitches. Um, it's a different set of people they kill though. Yeah, it is, but that's mostly because you didn't watch it. Well, no, 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 but I know why they switched up the people that died. Mm. Um, 
because a lot of the ones Better that storytelling. Well, the secondary characters in the comic they killed my main girls. Who fucking they fucking killed Tara and they killed Enid. Fucking bitches. Who was Enid? Enid's the younger one, the one that Carl had a crush on. Oh yeah. Yeah, they killed her and they killed Tara, which um, isn't on. Wait, my fiance. Yeah. You bastards! And they kill Henry. Who? The king's, you know, Ezekiel's son. Oh, the one he's looking after. Yeah, so they all they're all dead. But um, yeah, they've done a really good build on this. The way they've crafted it all, it's been going a lot better. Everyone's like, there's all this estrangement. The only thing it's it's kind of weird because everyone's got a little bit more sort of darker and less wanting to team up with people, except for Cavill, who's become a lot more optimistic. Like she's settled down and she's become she's the queen of the kingdom and all this and her, yeah. she's grown her hair out and everything because last time you know she had her hair all shaved short because her husband was abusive and shit and it sounds sexy all that sort of stuff she shaved her hair because he used to keep grabbing it didn't she she mentions yeah. that but um yeah she's grown out now because she feels safe but then there's every now and again she gets a little tweak of her being a bit brutal like someone steals a locket from her some people from the sanctuary and she straight up just sneaks out and murders them. Really? In the night, and then comes back, and later on in the series, is like, could it be some of the guys from the factory that have been living out in the woods? And they're like, she's like, no. Doesn't mention anything, what's going, why, or anything. Just, no, no, definitely not them. And, um, yeah, so there's little, little dark moments here and there. Yeah, it's fucked up. Um, but yeah, there's some really good stuff. The final episode felt like it probably should have been the start of the next series. Like, they probably should have ended with the heads on the spikes, and jump, just left it there. But instead, they sort of, they move forward a couple of weeks, and it's like, there's a blizzard that's kicked off and everywhere's just covered in snow and the kingdom's being abandoned because it's really got to the point now where they can't maintain the kingdom anymore because that's a running thing through the series that the kingdom's running out of food and they don't have the supplies and they were hoping the fair was going to revitalise everything. Yeah. But um, because a whole bunch of people got killed, no one thinks the the kingdom's particularly safe anymore. Um, But yeah, so they they headed off through the blizzard and everything. Um, There's a whole part where Judith runs off to look for the dog that she's looking after. Um, thinking Dal's dog and okay. Negan runs after her to save her and Aww. everyone's like Negan you're done you're done you're good done good yeah and there's a little bit at the end of the series where Michonne actually for once sits down and chats to him like she's going to give him a chance maybe who knows but it's like well, it's been like what six years in that time jump yeah but so- it feels like basically they've got to the point where they're dealing with something really fucked up and they're going to need people like Negan, Negan to deal with them um, hopefully he finds his baseball bat. I think that would be a really good... Well, do you want so. spoilers for the comics? No. Fuck off with your spoilers. Do you know what happens in the comics with the walkers, the whisperers walk? Well, they, they kill them. Fuck them. Well, so have you met Beta? Beta or Delta? What's the name of the large guy in... Oh, the guy with the bit... Yeah, there's another guy there like, yeah. who Dowell fights, chucks down the lift shaft, and then he sees him again later and he's like, what the fuck, I killed you. Yeah. He. Um, so that guy, I think his name's Beta in the comics... Yeah. He's played by one of the members of Sons of, one of the Sons of Anarchy guys. Probably he, um, the guy's massive, but he's a really good actor as well. He was really good at Sons of Anarchy. Um, but um, so in the comics, he fights Negan, mm. um, and Negan's baseball bat. So basically, Negan's baseball bat um, breaks when he fights against Beta. Beta breaks it against his arm, God, and then fair. Negan goes and stabs Beta with it, and then Beta just pulls it out and basically throws it on the ground, and then gets taken off by the other Walkers uh, mm. Whispers. And uh, Negan has a little funeral for it and burns it. Has a memorial and cries and stuff. Um, But uh, but Beta's a fucking tough motherfucker. And the Mm. thing is that in the comics it's alluded to that that Alpha has created that that society to keep Beta under control because Beta sort of acts like her guardian but also 
There's something about him. He's very unhinged. But that's a tool. Oh, they keep having him. He keeps like um, whipping her, and that's what she was doing to her daughter. Yeah. And it's kind of like she's in charge, but it's like she lets him. Yeah, dominate her and it's stuff. It's very strange, but um, but no, they're great villains. They're yeah. fucking phenomenal villains because you can never know how many there are. Hmm. You can always there's always the hints at how many there are, and there's the idea of anyone that can use the zombies. It's almost like controlling weather, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, being able to lead them. Well, she threatens them by showing that she's got a massive got horde full of zombies. Yeah, she says that with Rick in the, yeah. in the comics. It's a great. It's a double page. Opens up and you see the wall, and there's hmm. just all of them out there. Although in the um in the in the TV show, the problem I always had was in the comics you could they would travel for days by horse and cart, so you'd have several issues over like where they'd be travelling. And obviously they can't do it on a TV show because they sort of have to get to the destination in that same episode unless you lose the thread or it gets a bit yeah, wishy washy. They just they just take ages to get anywhere. Oh, do they? <laughs> but, um, in the comics they sort of they go off. He like mm. he has to travel for a long time before he gets to where they all are, and he's like He's like, these are so close in his head, like 20, 30 miles is close. Mm. It's close enough that that's a threat. But in the in the TV program, whenever they're travelling, I always feel like they're not that far away from each other. No, they usually travel for a day at a time. Yeah. Um, but no. I think they, it's because they have to say it rather than show so There's much. There's a couple of, of things where they've like been non-committal about changes. Like Maggie doesn't appear after the time jump. I've heard, yeah, that um, she's... But then she's not sure if she's coming back. And I think she's got some other show she's doing. But um, she disappeared. They ref say that she disappeared with Georgie, who was a character who turned up at the end of the last series. Who was trading knowledge for giving people plans on how to build yeah. tools and you know stuff so they could do farming properly. He was possibly sort of one of the people from the Commonwealth. She, she, she was probably, yeah. possibly one of the people from the Commonwealth. But they were trading her records because that's all yeah. they had. They were yeah. trading what's his face. So that's that's former a, leader's records. So in the comics, that's how we're introduced to the Commonwealth. Mm. They go around asking for art and records and things like that. And the reason they want them is that. They've gotten to a point where they have a society and they have this gated area mm. and they have a lot of systems in place to protect people. And they're, but the sinister thing is that the protections are almost egalitarian. It's almost like, uh, it's almost like a tyrannical government. I'm trying to spoil the show for people. No, no, no people this is in the watch comics. What happens this in the is, next this series. This is all in the comics. This is, and it's ongoing. The next series. It's still going in the comics. It's not like, yeah. it, in the comics are obviously years ahead of where the uh, TV show yeah. is. Um, yeah, it's been a really good series, this one. It seems like they've shaken it up enough. Yeah. Like, killing off Carl, making Rick disappear. You know, um, Dwight's going to apparently be in Fear the Walking Dead now. Which I I've, I watch Fear the Walking I Dead. Know, I haven't watched any of it. Can't See, I prefer Fear the Walking Dead over Walking Dead. Um, but... Uh, How can you watch it? I haven't got Daryl. I don't Daryl. need Daryl. I didn't want Daryl. Like, like Daryl's a great character, but I get sick of Deus Ex Daryl. No, he's good. he knows how to handle a crossbow. He knows how to handle everything. Apparently, he just appears yeah. and he's like, "Hey, I got this, guys. Don't worry." And you haven't got um, Eugene in Fear the Walking Dead, so oh, I fucking hate Eugene. Eugene's good. When he turned, I was like, "Oh, someone just kill him." No, he went. He was good in the end. Yeah, I know he was good he in the end, the but day. I was still like, "Someone just kill him." He's just a coward. <laughs> I know that's the problem. But, um, yeah, they killed Jesus. That sucked. That really sucked. Yeah, because he's still going in the comics. Um, but so is Rick, I guess. Yeah. And so is Carl. I think Jesus was in something else though, wasn't he, that actor? Can't yeah, remember. I think he's in something else. He got his hair cut, didn't he? He was just frustrated with the role because they weren't really doing anything with him. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, it's been a really good series. They've they've ramped it up. It's got a new title sequence, got a new feel. A hmm. bit more light-hearted every now and again. They're a bit more prone to doing lighter stuff. I've seen that they added in um, the chubby guy from Take Me Home Tonight. Uh, what's his name? Uh, curly hair. He looks a bit like Eugene if Eugene was oh, fun and shorter. the musician guy. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's a musician in it. Yeah, yeah. He's a musician in it. Uh, he's yeah. a he's a director who's in that because someone breaks a violin and he gets really annoyed. Oh, uh, he's in it. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find and all that shit. I'm not gonna watch that. That's no, nor am I. But uh, he's in Jesus. it. Jesus Christ! I like the new people. There's like a tattooed lady who can probably replace Tara and Enid as my. I mean, they didn't kill off uh, Rosita or whatever her name is Rosalita. Yeah, because she's she's hot, so that's important. You need hot people after the apocalypse. Why? Uh, because the, all the other women are zombies. Okay. Yeah, and you know, a bit bitey. Sex. A bit bitey in the wrong way. Yeah, well. You know, and choices are limited. <laughs> yes. Mm. But yeah, I look forward to see where they go with the series. Apparently they're, apparently they're making seven million more series. I don't know how long they'll keep Dan Iguera. Apparently she might not be much in the, in the next series that often. Yeah, I've heard that she's leaving. But, but there's enough characters that they can easily just not have her be in it. For she is great, though. Yeah, thing is, she's like she's getting big movie roles and stuff. And she is. She's now a Marvel lady. Yeah, she's a well. So's uh, so's Jesus. I'm hoping in um freaking Avengers Endgame, it turns out she's running Wakanda. Yeah, because I'd imagine the logical one would be that it would be Matumbe. That's who you think it was. You know, um, the guy who runs the guerrilla faction. I know who. But, I know Umchuk Umbaka. Um, yeah, Umbaka. That's it. Yeah. But I think it'd be better if she's the one. If Okoye is the queen. Yeah, I think Okoye should be the queen. Yeah, and sure, he's dead. They sure, I know it's fucked up. Poster. Isn't it? Fuck it, Shuri's the best. Shuri should have been their tech person at the Avengers head. I would like it if I would like it if that's that's a misdirect because I yeah. feel like that might be a misdirect. Yeah, she's just gone silent. Yeah. She used some technology to turn herself into well, dust. It. Yeah, she's no, she's just <laughs> gone silent. She has just yeah. gone silent. She's gone off the grid because you can't kill Shuri. No, she's the best. She's going to be kind of integral. She's got fucking to... gloves that fire blast. <laughs> oh yeah, the lion mouths. <laughs> yeah, panthers. Panther mouths. Yeah, fucking, why would they be lions? Because she's a proud African lady, and she doesn't need to follow the traditions of her parents. The panther tribe. All right, panthers. They're going to have panthers. Umbaku. I fucking love that chant as he comes out of the fucking... Umbaku has one of the best entrances for anyone in the uh, in the Marvel the Marvel Cinematic Universe where he's like, he's doing the he's doing the chant and he comes out in that fucking terrifying terracotta mask. Mm. And he just takes off and he's like, I challenge you. And he almost fucking does it. It's great. Mm. It's great. Killmonger's really good as well. It's a fucking shame he got killed off. I need to watch that again. I've got it on Blu-ray now. I'm I'm up and down as to whether I like that more than some of the other films, but I, I mm. there are some great moments. I've in only it. watched it once. I've watched Full Ragnarok like three times now because the that opening scene to Black Ragnarok Panther is fucking hilarious. Yeah, Full Ra- Ragnarok I've seen more than Black Panther, and the thing is that the Black I've watched Panther- Avengers probably more than any other. The first Avengers film is just easy. It's a really easy watch. Oddly enough, Civil War for me. Yeah, Civil War's not that good. I really like Civil War. Do it's you like, not like it all? It's not great. I really like it. He has this whole thing where it's like, okay, man, we've got this whole thing. There's going to be a registration action. It's going to be a really <clears> big debate. Let's sit around and do nothing for a while. And then we'll worry about Winter Soldier. And then it's just, <laughs> they're worrying about Winter Soldier for the rest of the film. If they just adjusted the palette a little bit so that it wasn't that horrible, like, downgraded colouring. It's not the colour. It's nothing. It's, it's, the, it is. The story is forgets me. what the film was about. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But I, I really like it. I really they like it. They don't fight at the end because of the mutant registration, because no. of the superhero registration. They no. fight at the end because, like, Tony Stark finds out Winter Soldier killed his dad. Well, that's kind of the point. It, like, their ideologies, they boil down to this point where it's emotional responses to an ideology. It's just about politics now. That's the thing. It's a political message in a comic book movie. It is. That's essentially all it is. Is once you get down to the point where these two things stand for opposing opposing beliefs, and you get them in a room where they're with each There's other. There's nothing to do with the beliefs, though. He, he would it have is. thought he would have fought Winter Soldier regardless. Well, no, no, it is because the only reason they're in that situation is that they they had these these ideological differences. It all boiled to loggerheads, and then finally Tony Stark went, "I'm going to be the bigger man. I'm just going to talk to Captain America. I'm going to, you know, we're going to work this out." 
And then Captain America is just like, just like, I don't need you to, to act emotionally to this. We were having a conversation. We were working this out. And then both of them just fisticuffs. Neither of them can react rationally in the situation. There are ways that Captain America and Winter Soldier could have deactivated Iron Man's armor and had a conversation and broken that down. But instead, fisticuffs. Because they're all just f- emotion at that point. That's the whole point. No matter how much you believe in something, if it becomes personal enough, you just, you lose it. The ideologies, the ideal, uh, the ideologies of anything slip away once emotion enters them too deep. But the film's about the registration act. Yeah. But it's not just about the registration act. It's about 10 films before that. And it's about all the, all the stuff that's kicked off. What is Tony Stark's drive to excel? Still no one cares about Bucky by this point. Yeah. People cared about Bucky because he was kind of the catalyst to Iron Man. Yeah. Anyway, I like I like Civil War. I like Civil War. I've seen it a lot, but it's not my favourite. I see. I'm one of those weird people that really likes Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is alright. Yeah. I really like it. I like Iron Man one. I like Doctor Strange. I kind of like For the Dark World. You fucking disgusting. Not movie. in like a. It's not a film that I could rewatch, but I don't hate it. Yeah. It's not something that I could watch over and again. It's a bit like my relationship with Iron Man too. Well, it's your last chance to see Cat Dennings in any of them, isn't it? Yeah. So. Uh, I, a lot of people don't like Iron Man 3 but Iron Man 3 is a highlight for me Iron Man 3 is great yeah I really okay. like Iron Man 3 people are idiots not like I that. can kind of watch no, Age so of Ultron and not have too many issues Age of Ultron is better than people think yeah um, I, I, I still can't get over the Mr. Sunday movies and that claw idea with the Tony Stark replacement where he's got floppy that crappy floppy rubber hand that splits apart and giving it to kids that are missing arms um, but anyway sorry so um, talking of superheroes my last review this week is Shazam Where's my, where's my bottle of lightning? Oh. You haven't met the wizard. I did, but I'm pretty sure I just... I, I don't think he was a wizard. I think I just sucked off a homeless guy. No. Oh. But, you know... Easy mistake to make. AIDS, superpowers, they're kind of the same thing nowadays. Mm. I'll be blood man. Yeah. Hemophiliac. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so, Shazam. Shazam is a film about a superhero, isn't it? It's a... Uh, let's, 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 let's boil this down. So, it's a DC... EU, maybe? It is. Yeah. So it's in the universe. Yeah. Okay. So it's a DCEU film about Billy Batson, who is an orphan, who is looking for his mum. It's an orphan. Orphan. We all orphans now. Um, he's looking it's for a his mum. from my dad. Did I ever tell you about... Okay, I, I, this is probably a weird segue, but did I ever tell you about my funeral story with my mum, where her mum died? No. Okay, so... Is it hilarious? Yeah. I made my parents watch Miami Connection a stupid amount of times. For about a year, whenever I went to the house, I would put Miami Connection on and we would all watch it. Um, they hated it. I loved it. My mum, though, who, bless her, she she sometimes has the wrong idea about politics, but she is a lovely woman. Um, she, she sadly lost her mum last year. And it's quite a somber affair because she suddenly went and and the whole family was in, was in a bit, this of, doesn't a, sound hilarious. A bit of a state. So we all went to the funeral and again, it was a dire affair. And, um, and as we're driving to the crematorium to, you know, do the final goodbye and everything, um, my mum in, in a fit of tears, she goes, I'm just so sad. I didn't expect to lose my mum. And, and my dad goes, she was very old. She had a very good life. She had a very long life. And she goes, she goes, I can't believe it. And then in a flood of tears, she turns to me and my sister and goes, we're all opens now. <laughs> and I, I was like, Mum, you're a fucking cunt. 
Because, you know, when you're in that situation where you, yeah. any emotion's going to kick off tears, and there's all of us just like, Mum, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and, uh, and no, it's spectacular. But um, anyway, so enough about Miami Connection and my family's connection to that film. I'll never stop making them watch it. Every Christmas, I'd recommend that we watch Miami Connection. It's a work of art. Um, so anyway, so uh, sorry, sorry to segue there. Um, but Shazam. So Shazam is a film about Billy Batson. He's an orphan. He's on the run from the police for a brief amount of time because he's such a dad's mum, and he he's he's not a bad kid. That's kind of that's kind of the 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 main point to take away from it. He's not a bad kid. He's a kid who um, he's bad at being a kid. Yeah, he was orphaned at a very young age. His mum lost him in a fair. Um, and he's been looking for her ever since he can sort of navigate the world enough to get information and find stuff out. So he um, he locks some police in a pawn shop and uses their car to get some information about... We call them um, second-hand shops here. Second-hand shops, yeah. And he uses their police car to find some information about a woman with a name that he remembers. You don't need to say everything. He's just been looking for his mum. Oh, sorry, yeah. He's just and then he ends up in a foster home. Sorry, there you sorry, go. sorry, yeah. Summarise. Um, so um, he's, he's... And he ends up in a foster home. Meanwhile, someone named Dr. Savannah who is a villain Thaddeus. from the comics. Yeah, Thaddeus Savannah. He is uh, one night in the 80s. It's the 80s. 70s, 1974. 1974. You've seen this more recently than I have, so thank you for picking up on that. Uh, 1974. I just remember things because I actually concentrate on the film. Oh, so did I. I was, I was in love with this. I really like the film. Uh, but I, I need to go into detail about that. Uh, so he drove in snow one Christmas and he suddenly gets zapped into the Rock of Eternity, which is mm. where the wizard Shazam lives and resides protecting the world played by Digimon Housie protecting the world from the seven deadly sins they're demonic embodiments of the seven deadly sins Um, and he finds Fad unworthy of the power of Shazam Mm. so Billy Batson um, in in modern day so obviously you know after all this he gets put into a foster home and he's riding the train one day after beating up some bullies because he doesn't like bullies hates bullies Mm. because he's a kid he's a good kid just on the wrong side of the tracks yeah, I mean, um, if you're the sort of person, you mean you, you should probably beat up bullies if they're attacking a disabled kid. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I just wouldn't use a crutch as a weapon because you could seriously wound someone for life. I would. Would you? I would fuck it. Yeah. Oh, God, I can't imagine what it's like to be hit by the corner of one of those fucking. I've got things. one downstairs. I know you do. Let's not hit. Do you want me to? No, let's not hit. I'm going now. Not tonight. I haven't had any drinks. Um, okay, so um, so yeah, so Billy gets transported to the Rock of Eternity. <laughs> Billy gets transported to the Rock of Eternity. And in the comics, this is a nice and interesting scene. And they do it well in this as well. Um, the wizard Shazam says, you're not pure of heart. And he, and he just turns and says, well, no one is. Yeah. And in the comics, Shazam's, because Black Adam's just woken up, he's a bit more urgent about what he needs to do. In this, he's just dying. I think he's just too old. Well, you know, he's basically said, I've got no choice because yeah. the... You know, the seven deadly sins of fans. We need in, someone yeah. now. Yeah, so um, so he gives Billy the powers, and Billy becomes Zachary Levi, thirty five year old Zachary Levi, who uh, who is spectacular. Um, and from there, he learns about his powers. He learns about family and friendship, and learns about his past. And and it's you know to give away any more than that, I think would to ruin would ruin it. It's got a really good arc to it. It is like it's basically. He does what a kid would do with powers. Yeah. He, he tries to make money, he tries to become a YouTube star, like yeah, yeah. showing his powers off, well, testing I, the powers and stuff. And yeah. him and Freddy just basically goofing around. Basically, and yeah. he doesn't really think about how to actually do the superhero stuff. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's that's 
you see that in the trailer mm. where he's accidentally zaps the tire of the the van and stuff. Mm. Um, it works into this because like people are just like, "Hey, look, there's a superhero." Yeah, and they just feed they just feed him for that. Yeah, it's not like they're going do some fucking superhero stuff. You That's God. absolutely right. Um, one of the, one of the things I wasn't expecting because DCEU has been pretty much miss upon miss for me. Um, and it's not to say those films don't have Even Justice League. <laughs> What I've always said, and, and I was talking to someone on Twitter about this recently, what I've always said about the DCEU is that the sum of the parts, and they have some great parts, just isn't anything of interest or anything decent to me. They fail a lot of the time, but they have these just these little elements that are so great, mm. and you can see the hints of something spectacular in there, and it just falls away. And and I know that people love Wonder Woman, and people loved Aquaman. I don't like either of those films. I think that both of them, they missed the mark a lot. Um, Wonder Woman especially I just and Aquaman just who did sound design on that fucking film because it's bad it's just bad sure you just don't go to shit cinema you do go I to Odeon I the Odeon yeah yeah exactly you go to a shit cinema no the Odeon's fine the Odeon's it's good fucking cinema. suck oh they're good um, no, they I really like the Odeon and anyway so that's besides the point because we're talking about Shazam the only link that this has no, to those other subject. the only link that this film has to those films is it's a DCEU movie which is usually for me you know just not something I enjoy but beyond all hope, this has been this has been just a great film. Yeah, this good. goes. So where we were talking about Iron Man three and and Doctor Strange, this really feels like that level of just a good origin movie has the jokes, has the humor, has the superhero. Just one thing that they do just a little bit better than Marvel in this film is it just a little bit brighter. There are still scenes where they can't work out how to how to light stuff properly, and that's fine because it's fucking whatever. The director's a horror movie director, so yeah, it looked really good. I thought the light and shadow really I well. Think it just... looked spectacular in so many scenes, and it was such a good idea to have that lightning bolt light up on the front of his chest because that makes it good. That makes it decent. Yeah, it gives him a nice but, heroic glow. Yeah, but there's like a, there's a few scenes where it's just a little bit too dark, and there's some editing problems. Yeah. But there's such slight editing problems, and I'm not going to spoil the scene. I'm gonna, I just, I wanna ask you this because, because this stood out to me so much when I was watching it. So, to, at some point in the film, he's, he's being pushed underwater so he can't say Shazam. Mm. And then he, he gets that, like, in a moment, like, he gets a chance because the kids help him out. And he gets a chance, he says Shazam. And then the next scene is someone holding those kids hostages, hostage in a big top tent. There's no in between, and then Shazam's just walking into the front of the tent. You can't see where he was being drowned behind him at any point. It's just this really weird cut, like an immediate jump. Do you remember that? He blasts Savannah away, and but the kids have been fighting the seven. Yeah, days no, but then the they all just turn up in a. They didn't get top. Dis- he didn't get distracted by the kids. He got um, distracted by like friggin' the Santa, wasn't it? Running by, oh, yeah. screaming. Or but yeah, but basically they just all of a sudden they're all in the big top. I'm sure, there's stuff that happens in between that. There isn't. I I was trying to work it out, and there just isn't. I can't yeah. remember any scenes in between. It just suddenly he's there, and he's dry as well, which I found really weird. But I mean, I guess if he's Shazam, yeah. But it's just it's just a really weird cut going from that to suddenly he's walking in the big top, and it was so jarring. Mm-hmm. And that's it's not like it's not a fucking end of end of the world thing. It's just something that I I watched it in the cinema. I was so into it at that point, and I was watching it in the cinema. And I was like, ah oh, shit. But it wasn't it, it like it's it's me Definitely being anal attention. about films. No, it's me being anal about films. I'm paying too much attention at that point. Um, but. The whole film, the, the orphan stuff, the arc, him developing like powers and working out what you can do, that's all great. The only problem is that the, a lot of the orphan stuff is a little bit cliche, but like, I, I'd say that the first 40 minutes of this film are about a 6 out of 10. 
And then everything beyond that is solid eight to nine out of ten. I fucking like, I love that back. Like, as soon as it gets to the point where he finds out what he can do with those powers and he's got the kids around him and he does, there's that moment. And then for me, it was like 10 out of 10. This is great. This is exactly why I wasn't expecting them to do it straight away. Mm. And I don't, again, I don't want to spoil it because for me, this is something that unless you've read the new 52 run, you don't see it coming. And Shazam in, in all the animated movies and in, in all the games, he's like always had a family. Pardon? He's always, had a, he's always family. had a family, but like every iteration of him has always been, Oh, this is Shazam. You never get like, you never get the other sides of things. And also he dies a lot. Like his, his main thing in the DC, DC like comics and games and stuff, he just dies a lot. They kill a 14 year old repeatedly. It's good. <laughs> but, um, I think 14 year olds could do it getting killed more often. <laughs> but yeah, I don't want to go into any more detail because I don't want to ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it and who is going to see it. I, I just want to say that it's, it is such a breath of fresh air to watch a superhero movie that feels like a superhero movie. It feels stupid in places and silly in places and it's meant to. It's like Zachary Levi is fucking you, like 14 year old kid. He's great in it. Like I was expecting, I was expecting like a Zachary no- Levi is fucking a 14 year old kid. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, no. I was expecting Chuck again. Yeah. And um, it wasn't Chuck. And then I was expecting, oh, no, but Fandral. Full Fandral, yeah. And it wasn't Fandral. And then I was expecting like. Remember Fandral and Four Ragnarok? Yeah, he just gets stabbed. <laughs> and I was expecting like, I was expecting it to just be a repeat of some of the other stuff he's done. And no, just a whole, feels like a whole new character. There's that great comedy scene that's in, that's in the trailer where they go, where he's just standing in front of the cashier and he goes, I'd like to get some of your finest beer, please. <laughs> and then she just points and then he does that whole, hmm. And then turns and walks off and the little, yeah. the little crippled kid behind him's got the GoPro on his head yeah. and sort of scutters after him. And they're out walking, drinking beer and they're suddenly like, oh, this tastes like piss. And there's a hard tastes cut like to him walking. Yeah, it's a hard cut to him walking out with all the snacks and shit. Yeah. And there's a woman that goes past and the first thing he says is just, hey, how you doing? I'm a superhero. Sup, superhero. Sup, yeah. And then it's also. Captain Sparkle Pants. The fucking, the scene about the lair. Mm. That's great. I fucking love that little like the. No, little... Everything's set up and pays off. Yeah, like, there's the con- like the continuous, you know, what is what name they're going to give him, what's the yeah. name, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it pays off at the end when there's little stuff like friggin' just just details, little tiny details. Lots of people have complained about the um, the cameo at the very end. I don't really care. Like they come into the lunchroom and it's just whatever. It's a bit of fun. Um, mm. I was so happy with the cameos of the adults at the end. Every one of those, I was like, oh, it's that guy! It's that yeah. guy! I was just like, this is, this is fantastic. I just, I couldn't stop. I want to see it again. Like, and that's the first time I've said that, honestly, about DCEU movie. I want to see this again. I think I'm going to see this again in the cinema. Yeah. Should go see it. Just watch it. Go on. Fine. Yeah. Whatever. You're, we'll you want to say anything about it? No. No? Sorry. I, I, I sort of, I think I sopped over it a bit too much. I like the bit where the kid says shit. They do that a lot. They, they swear. So much. Yeah, it's good. No, yeah. it feels like a bit of an 80s film at times and it's got that, you know, it's just silly, silly fun adventure film. Yeah. It feels kind of refreshing for it being so simplistic and silly. Yeah, it's weird for a DC movie these days, to be honest. Yeah. Because, um, God, they're fucking miserable. They really um, fucking are. Yeah. I think they're just letting the directors do what they want now. I think they've learned that they can't really control them. Well, it's just, I think maybe it's just distance from Zack Snyder's helping as well. Yeah. 
because that guy has only ever read comic books printed between 1984 and 1987. He's only read shit where someone dies. or something. He's only read Frank Miller's comics. That's all he's ever oh, read. God. And that's the problem. Yeah, Frank Miller was a miserable fuck. Yeah, that's he's still alive. Barely. He looks really ill. He always looks ill. No, he's had like a disease and he's like, he looks like he's in his 80s now. Oh, really? But he's only like 50 something, isn't he? Jesus. He like looks properly ill. Like, um, he's lost like shit ton of weight and all his hair's almost all gone. Yeah, no one knows what was, what he's actually had. Oh, yeah. That's fucking bad. Yeah, Frank Miller. But, um, his, his books are very much the books of 1986. Yeah. But he keeps writing them. Yep. Do you ever see the spirit? Yeah, I. I've said this on the podcast before. The Spirit is a great reference Blu-ray if you're trying to set your TV it's a up. Fucking terrible film. Terrible film, but great yeah. reference Blu-ray if you're trying to get the black levels around your TV. Oh, I don't know. I'd just watch Sin City instead. It's infinitely better. That's true. Yeah. Right, you done? Yeah, yeah. I'm all Fine. done. I'm all done. Your review. Oh, uh, I haven't given it. A, I, I give it a Michelle Pfeiffer. No. Mm. I give it. I give it a. Um, I give it a Helen Mirren. Yeah. It's right up there. You'd love to give it Helen Mirren. Yeah, I would. Give it to um, Helen it's Mirren. almost perfect. It is almost perfect. And to say that about a DCEU movie, after the ones that we've seen before this, I'm nothing but shocked at how good it was. And the next one's not even part of the universe, is it? It's its own thing. What's that? Joker. Yeah, I... Uh, the trailer looks amazing. Uh, watch that. Did you think the trailer looks amazing? Yeah, it looks fucking great. Uh, you kids today. No, I, I kind of think I know what's going to happen. No, it'd be great. It's freaking Todd Phillips. Yeah, but makes, Todd Phillips... He makes some dark fucking stuff and people don't seem to notice that. They always just know old school in the first Hangover movie. The problem is that Todd Phillips makes a film and then it's so poorly made that it has to be written that it was, you know, purposely withholding information. Yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, it'll be good. I reckon... Joaquin I reckon, Phoenix, man, Robert De Niro. I've, produced I've, by Martin Scorsese. I'll put money on it now. That Yeah, produced by Martin Scorsese doesn't mean anything. Do you remember that fucking Green Dragons movie that he made? What? Do you not remember the like he made a film about the Yakuza? It was something called the Green, something about the Green Dragons, mm. and it was like a like a really expensive film, and it just no one saw it. Never heard of nothing it. happened with it. Um, but yeah, no, I am. I'm going to put money on this right now. The Joker is going to either kill Bruce Wayne's dad, creating Batman, or he's going to kill Bruce Wayne, and I it's going to be like one of those things where it's like. We're surveying the history of DCU. I don't think they're even going to say the name Bruce Wayne. I think they'll. Oh no, he, he's obsessed with Bruce Wayne and and Bruce Wayne's family. Nah, there's going to yeah. be a little reference now. No, no, it? he's obsessed with the Waynes. That's like kind of one of the key plot points. Is he's trying to he's trying to get like there's a lot of scenes that allude to it in the trailer. Like, and there's a campaign poster and there's trailers on the TV of Bruce Wayne's dad giving speeches. You know, it's going to be something to do with Bruce Wayne. It's they can't not put Batman in it because Batman's the money maker, and if they do it, so it's some first things. And they just go, well, the Joker's now just a gangster in the eighties, but he's a wacky gangster, and they could have like a rival family create like a their own version of Batman. They could just do like a hush story and have like a hush come up and try and be, you know, whatever they try and do. Anything like that? No, absolutely, absolutely. Whatever you want to say, but I would put money on the fact that Bruce Wayne or Bruce Wayne's dad is going to die and be a prominent figure in this. Like you know, the kid that he's doing the smile on. Yeah, that's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, but that's... I bet that's the only thing. No, they've got set photos where he's, like, looming around the bushes and stuff as yeah, well, so it's gonna be, there's going to be a whole scene about that. Yeah, you kids today. Predicting stuff correctly. I know. Madness, isn't it? Well, you're going to be wrong. You're done, then? Yeah, you're reviewing. Fuck's sake. Right, I'm going to review something important. The trailer for Joker. No. Um, I'm going to review... Uchi Sentai Q Ranger. I don't know what that is. 
Um, it is um, it's a series of Super Sentai. Oh, um, it's not been adapted to Power Rangers. It's oh, the 2017 series. Um, but this is a weird one. Okay, so after like Neo Saban era was struggling a little bit, they basically talked to Tony and said, "Hey, what we should do is we should work together on a series, and we should have input on your Super Sentai series. So when you bring it over to the US, it'll be better for making toys and stuff." So they came up with Q Ranger. And then they sold the rights to Habsburg and it's not been adapted. So it was a waste of money, that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Q-Ranger is, like, a bit over the top. Basically, like, okay, if you know your Japanese, yep. Q is nine in Japanese. Okay. okay. It's called Q-Ranger. Q-Ranger. As in there's nine rangers. Yep. Which is a thing that's happened in Super Sentai before. They call Go Ranger and stuff like that. Okay. Five Ranger, Go Ranger. Um, there's actually 12 in the team. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and it's like a bit nuts. So basically, it's the only Super Sentai series that's set in another dimension where an evil alien force has taken over the entire galaxy. And like they've, it's to the point where they've been in charge so long that people don't have any concept of like police force or justice and they're just kind of all downtrodden and they just accept it. And the villains go around like mining this energy out of planets to, until their planets explode. Yeah. And they use that energy to power whatever they're planning to do. His plan is eventually the main villain to destroy the entire universe so he can recreate it in his image. Cool. Um, which is a bit much, but whatever. Yeah. That's an alright plan. But the show is that the main rangers, they're all representative of different constellations in the galaxy and they're all meant to be certain heroes who have the drive to be the saviors of the galaxy. And they all travel around to different planets and have adventures and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it starts off a bit rocky, like, so, as in Rocky, the Blue Ranger from Power Rangers, he was the Red Ranger. Oh, okay. In, he didn't come the Blue Ranger until Zio. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was the Red I'm Ranger. I'm sorry. First. I'm so sorry. Oh, Please don't beat me. Um, so it starts off a bit rocky because there's like, so six episodes in, there's a crossover with Carmen Ryder. Cool. So quite clearly, they wanted to get the main team put in place by the time they get to Carmen Ryder. It's that crossover. So the first six episodes introduced like nine Rangers in six episodes. The team starts with three, and they don't get any proper introduction. They just sort of turn up fighting things. And then the Red Ranger literally crashes his ship right in front of them, and he gets the power to transform. And he's like, Lucky! His name's Lucky. Okay. And he says, Usha Lucky! all the time, because that's his catchphrase. Yeah. He's the luckiest man in the galaxy. Oh, okay. And then by the time you're halfway through that episode, they crash on another planet, and they meet a blue wolf guy, and he becomes a blue ranger. So in the space of the first episode, you've had three rangers who haven't had a proper introduction, You've met the Red Ranger for about half the episode and before you even know who he is, we'll meet in the Blue Ranger and find out who he is. And then there's like a two-part that introduces the Gold and Silver Ranger and then you've got another thing and it's like, it's just rushing through characters really quickly to introduce this whole team. And by the time you get to like episode 10, they've fucking got 11 people on their team now and it's like really rushes that first part and there's nothing, nothing takes grip at that first part. You don't really get a feel for the team dynamic or anything like that. Um... But there's like, there's gradually after you get past that point, the show really just sorts itself out and it sets into a rhythm. And they settle on Earth for a while because there's a shit ton of the energy in Earth, Earth special, Earth special. Um, and that's where the villains are concentrated. And there's a whole story arc with one of the characters' brothers is become a villain and he wants to free him. But maybe the guy's a bastard for real and they have fights and they're quite interested. Like the team's a nice mix because it's not like just people. They've got like they've got two robot no three robots on their team. They've got aliens, which does mean they can save some money by not hiring as many face actors. They can just use stunt guys in rubber costumes. Yeah. Um the to pink get ranger cheap, cheap color robots yeah, in there. Yeah. 
the Pink Ranger's voiced by the woman who does Luca, who played Luca Milfi in Go Kaija years earlier. Okay, which is nice. There's yeah. a there's a crossover. There's a movie where they both they're both in it briefly. Oh, cool. They're in a restaurant and Luca's cooking. arguing over a cake. Oh, I thought you were cooking. She steals some cake from him and they Bastards. argue. And one of the other Rangers is like, "You sound the same." <laughs> um, but yeah, the series is fantastic. There's some fucking hilarious stuff in it. There's there's an episode. One of the villains, one of the main characters, the Silver Ranger. He's a He's best friends with this gold, the Gold Ranger, who's a robot. Robots called Balance, and they're both thieves. Balance is fucking hilarious. He's basically like, he's not. I wouldn't say he's a nihilist or anything, but he just he really loves stealing stuff. He's like Bender without the smoking and alcohol, and like he'll do stuff where he'll purposely let the other Rangers think he's slacking off and not giving a shit when really he's giving all the shit secretly. Um, there's an episode where they land on a planet and they're getting attacked by something just out of nowhere and they don't know what it is they can't see it but wherever they end up on the planet they just get attacked instantly yeah. and Balance lands in a pile of rubbish and he's just lying there and one of the other rangers is like okay come on we need to get to the other guys they need our help and he's like nah I'm just going to lay in the rubbish for a bit and he's like okay fine you stay in the trash and you live there that's where you belong and he's like yeah cool catch you later See you later, guys. and then you find out he's secretly hacking the security camera and he's slowing down the footage and he can see that someone's running fast and it's like someone who can move super fast so they can find him. So he's, he's doing stuff, but he obviously he couldn't appear like he was actively doing something because the bad guy would be onto it. Um, but he's friends with a silver, the Silver Ranger who's called Naga. And he's from a planet where they all look the same. Male and female all look the same. Okay. Um, and they don't have any emotions. Like, because on their planet oh, years ago... fantastic. Years ago they had emotions and it's caused war, so now they're not allowed them. But he really wants to find out about emotions. So you've got a robot teaching the humanoid about emotions... Um, but there's an episode one of the villains well it's an arc goes on for about nine episodes where the, one of the villains unlocks his emotions and he basically just turns into this weird over the top anime character and he's got like scarves and shit on his costume now and he's like constantly doing weird shit um, and he turns evil and they have to jump inside his brain they use a Kutama they got these balls they got these balls that give special powers and some of them are really useful like it might be something like oh it pops a shield up or makes a weapon appear some yeah. of them just make fish appear and they use that to cook dinner with. Um, they're just like, yeah, phew, here you go, fish. Um, but yeah, they use one that shrinks them down. They jump inside Naga's ear. Um, and they're like fighting a monster inside his head. There's a monster guarding him in his head. Yeah. Like some alternate dimension thing. And when the monster comes out and they've defeated him, the monster grows like normal and he just grows to a normal-sized person. <laughs> so they just end up fighting the normal-sized monster. He's fucking genius. Um one of them's like a giant ball robot who's a wrestler. And there's a whole plot thread where he's like, he like disappears and he comes back evil and all this sort of stuff. Is that the one that looks a bit like the pig one? No, no, he looks like a bull. He's like got oh. horns and everything. Yeah. Um, he comes back wearing a mask and he convinces them that, no, no, I am not champ. I'm someone else entirely. And it's because he's too embarrassed to admit that he, something had happened. <laughs> um, and everyone's like, okay, they just sort of play along except for the blue one. He's a bit stupid and doesn't realise that it is champ. And when he reveals, okay, time to reveal who I am, and he pulls his mask off, and everyone's just like, yeah. Yeah, we know it's you, bud. And Garrow is like, what the hell? It's Champ. <laughs> Champ, you son of a bitch. Um, it's weird as well. It feels like an anniversary series at times. It's not. It's not an anniversary series. It's like the 46th, so 42nd Super Saiyan, something like that, whatever. Um, but it's not an anniversary series, but there's loads of very clear references to previous Super Sentai stuff. Yeah. Um, there's an episode where they travel to another dimension, team up with the Decker Rangers and Space Sheriff Gavan. Gavan's the first of the Metal Heroes, which eventually led to VR Troopers for you. Yeah. Big bad Beetleborgs. Yeah. Okay. Little Metal Heroes. But Gavan's the first. But <laughs> he, you, it's wait, a new Gavan. Do you say Little Metal Heroes? 
Metal Heroes is the series. Oh, okay. And the first one was Space Sheriff Gavan. Yeah. But Gavan's got a new Gavan now because the original one's like 50. So they gave, he passed the job on. Um, but yeah, that, that was to advertise a Decca Ranger versus Gavan movie. But then after Q Ranger ends, there's a Q Ranger versus Space Sheriff Gavan movie, which is fucking really enjoyable. Really stupid and silly, fun film, that one. Um, but yeah, it's like, there's all sorts of other stuff as well. Like they just keep making references to other Sentais. There's one of the Rangers is a dragon and his Zord is a dragon and it kind of transforms like the one from Die Ranger or yeah. Series 2 of Power Rangers, the Red Dragon. Um, there's a reference to Fist of the North Star in one episode. That's pretty which cool. Which has got to be out of the range of the kids in the late 2010s. Kids love that shit. Yeah. Violent. Yeah. yeah Sholompo just punches the shit out of one of the monsters, knocks him flying and says, you're already dead, maybe. <laughs> and the guy blows up. Um, there's a Sailor Moon reference in there. Da, 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 well, yeah. da, da, da. They unlock some extra powers and da, she gets da, 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 da. a she gets a moon power on her helmet da, and da, 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 she becomes a mature lady and yeah. she dances around and goes makeup. It's and, the one called Sailor Moon. But, um, no, the series is just like it, once you get past that first few episodes where it's a fucking mess, hmm. it gets a lot better. The twelfth ranger they introduced to the team is freaking amazing. He's some guy, they rake him up from like a cryogenic freeze and he's got like long hair over his face and they keep shooting him like he's um, Sadako from the ring. <laughs> um, and then he just like, he just pulls his sword out, flames fly out and he just gets a perfect haircut. Nice. And he's just shirtless for the whole first couple of episodes. Yep, that's how I want to live my life. Um, and you find out he's like, he considers himself a legend. Oh. And he was frozen. He was previously the president of the galaxy. <laughs> and he defeated the villain Don Armage and doesn't realise that he didn't actually work. And there's like... Don Amarge, he's got clones and replacements. Oh, so he put himself in cryogenic freezing thinking he saved the day. 300 years has passed and, oh, he's still around. Shit. Um, but he's completely egocentric. He thinks everyone around him should just sacrifice themselves to help him get to his goal. Yeah, that sounds and right. And he learns his lesson as he goes along. Oh, he should No, what is that? But he's a second Red Ranger. Two Red Rangers on the team. He's got quite a cool costume. His costume's got little stars in it. That's yeah, I think it's the one I've seen where it's got slightly bit more armour as well. Yeah, he's got like a space... His visor's got like a space dome and a microphone on it oh okay um, yeah. but it, yeah he's just a fucking he keeps saying my word or nandakata which is my word in Japanese oh yeah um, introduces gambling to kids that's good yay before the Q-Rangers go out to battle there's some plot device that only a certain amount of them can be active at once although that gets forgotten about as the series goes on so they all put their Q-Tama balls that they transform with mm-hmm. into a roulette wheel yeah and they spin it and then the dragon guy sings a song and then the ball comes out and that's who's going to be in the team and Red gets picked every time because he's lucky because he sounds like madness now it is fucking madness I was sure. I was along for the ride for about five seconds there and then all of a sudden it's just like what? they're playing fucking bingo before they go yeah, fight yeah. monsters yeah they got a song goes Q Q Q Q Q Q Q Q Q Q Q Q Q um, they get obsessed with using Q as words like they don't say okay they say OQ um, there's a song the ending, ending song man it's amazing Q-Tama dancing it's like they apparently originally when they did the dance they had a bit in the song where they went Q-Tama like one arm raised up the other arm bending yeah. and then they did some pelvic thrusts okay but parents complained it was too sexy that's what it says my classic so sexy dance when you get to episode 11 and they introduce Ko the, or whatever his name is the little young kid mm-hmm. um, who becomes the Blue Ranger suddenly there's no pelvic thrusting because you can't have the little boy Doing pelvic thrusting on the NC. Well, see, they say that. Yeah, so they change the change the dance to something else. Like, 
Um, but the as far as I'm concerned, the pelvic thrust is a pure version of the cute. Oh, okay, okay. Sort of, yeah. So you need the pelvic thrust in there. Yeah, but um, yeah, the show's just fucking hilarious the whole way through. It doesn't. It's got serious episodes and stuff, and it though that it doesn't get too bogged down with overpowering the characters where they get loads of different forms and stuff. Like mm. they'll get a power up as one of those new power up ball things, and they'll use it like three times through the series. Yeah. Um, they do a really dumb way to hide this clip show episode, like. Where one of the power-ups they had before was this Pegasus thing that talks. Mm-hmm. But then they go, oh no, he's got no power. They can't bring him back. And then he comes back at the end and he insists the rest of the team explain to him exactly what's happened over the last friggin' 40-odd episodes oh, of the God. show. So that's how you fit your clip show in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Um, generally really funny, weird, over-the-top series that if they ever adapt it into Power Rangers, that's going to be a bit nuts. I don't know how they'll... Like the plenty of toys, You've got twelve rangers, um, but like that's a lot to do in Power Rangers. I guess, I guess they could use all the robot costumes and stuff and save themselves some budget. But, mm. um, but yeah, it's fun. It's it's all right. It's yeah. I don't know if I'd say it's my favourite series, but I say it's thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's probably the, the best review you can give. Yeah, for. Uh... For an episode of Power Rangers or a Super of Power Sentai. Rangers. Super Sentai, sorry, sorry. You're fucking racist. But it's fucking anyway. Na- but anyway, Nago is hilarious. Not Nago, Balance is hilarious. One of my favourite characters. Um the Green Ranger's tiny. Um she's she's just really small. She's the same height as the tiny tiny boy that's in the show. Which is funny. They make fun of her for it. And the boy can grow big. He's he's got a spirit of a ghost in him. Ghost bear. Um <laughs> Yeah, Ghost Bear possesses him and uh, makes lets him grow big. Um, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that's episode 107, I think. Yeah, possibly. Cool. cool. I've always it's finished Carmen been... Rider Build now. Yeah, yeah, that's next. Yeah, Carmen Rider Build, though. That's exciting for you. It'll be exciting for everyone because Carmen Rider's rad. He is pretty rad. I agree. Um, okay, well. Racist. <laughs> That's been Critipocalypse episode 107. Has it now? As always, I've been Matt. You've been Anne. Got Anne? nothing to rant about for the last few minutes like New York normal? I mean, what do you want to rant about? Don't rant about anything. Just okay. get on with it. Cool. Um, you can find Anne at LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. You can also find him on YouTube as Mellow Gaming, the most popular Mellow Gaming channel on YouTube. I'm going to rant about Brexit. Most popular Mellow Trump. Gaming... Most popular Mellow Gaming, Mellow Gaming website. Think of Jacob Wall this week. Tony's on his dad's Twitter account now. Oh God! <laughs> um, yeah, so you are the most popular Mellow Gaming channel on YouTube, right? Yeah, sure, why not? Excellent. Um, uh, God. how do I feel about Trump and Brexit? See, I knew you wouldn't be able to resist. So, right, I'm going to click stop. No, no, no. You can find me at Critapocalypse <laughs> on Twitter. You can find me also at Critapocalypse on YouTube. Um, yeah, just I don't really do much on YouTube. Well, I mentioned it then. She probably saw that, shouldn't I? Um, yeah. I could have reviewed WrestleMania. You could have. You could have. That, was, that would have been a good move. Um, but you didn't. No. Nah. You didn't know? No. Nah. No. No. It was all right. Yeah. Done. Cool. <laughs> uh, Trump fucks kids. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> is a known paedophile and is an associate of Donald Trump. Donald Trump rode on a plane that Jeffrey Epstein owned, which they jokingly called the Lolita Express, because they used to take young children um, on long flights, mm. 
and celebrities used to fuck those children. Donald Trump's on the dossier is riding that plane several times. Yeah. It's not even a conspiracy theory. This is just a fact. Yeah. This is just this is just a fact that America's dealing with that Donald Trump is a pedophile. They're not dealing with it. They just don't care. It's <laughs> just, yeah. They don't care if uh, their president's a pedophile. They don't care if they're Georgia State. As long as he's not black. Yeah. I mean, like, you wanted Roy Moore to be elected because you're all fucking morons. But what can I say? I come from a country that's voted for Brexit. We might as well shoot ourselves in the foot, then shoot ourselves in the head, but not really kill ourselves, just leave ourselves languishing in a state of undeath until eventually the birds pick clean what's left of our faces. Uh, fuck everyone, I guess. Mm-hmm. Those who enjoy this, thank you very much. Tune in the same time next next two weeks, in two weeks' time. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be watching some more stuff. We'll do some more stuff. I'll be, I'll be a little bit higher spirits by then, I think. Mostly because cocaine. I'll do some cocaine before the next one. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Business powder. Business. I'll put it on the pop shield. Mm. So every time I talk, it fires at you. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I don't know why, but my teeth tingle. It's I feel, a bit moreish. feel really energised. <laughs> mm. Am I having a nosebleed? I feel damp around my face. Mm. Um, anyway, yeah, as always, it's been Critical Apocalypse. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please like, subscribe, comment wherever you've listened to us. You, how long are you making? That's it. That's the end of the episode. You're done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay, so bye. Yeah. Say bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Miss you. Bye. Bye. That Trump's a rapist, though. Bye. <laughs>